2: Let's do uh, 47 seconds.
0: Quick. That clap is more shots than Ben Simmons took in six fourth quarter games.
2: Miserable. Miserable. (laughs) Embarrassing. And, like, is this a... Because... This has been a thing with him in the I past did not understand. With, I did but, also but, but. understand
0: that he refuses to switch hands. I didn't realize that was also – I've been reading a lot of Ben Simmons yeah, like geez. this morning. That he – Ben Simmons, uh, he's a terrible shooter, which sometimes that is. Sometimes, you know, Draymond Green, also like an uh, incredible player, can't really shoot for well, shit. Hold on. Watch he doesn't take enough shots for us to even know That's the point. problem. Like, he well, was a all, poor but, shooter. But also, it's the fact that his dad – taught him to shoot left-handed, but he's naturally right-handed, and he's worked with trainers that are like, hey, you know, be good? Just throw that shit out and just
3: start
4: just shooting start, right-handed. Start, right. And he's like, yeah. eh. Well, can and can this, wow.
3: this is the really frustrating thing with like just the entire discourse around this team. Yeah. Like, first of all, it's the, there's been, like, partisans who are still, like, who like Ben Simmons. They're so, like, he's an enormously talented player, which he is, but it's like, it's not that he doesn't shoot. Like people were comparing him to uh uh gosh, was it uh was it Westbrook? Um, but but like he does so many things besides being a field goal shooter, uh, that it's kind of unfair mm-hmm. to just hold that one thing against him. Right. But it's not right. that he doesn't generate a lot of points. Like I didn't realize it had gotten this bad until I watched the series where it's like he will not take the most open shots. Yeah. Like yeah. that pass under the net yeah. instead of taking the layup was astonishing. There is no,
2: and it wasn't a fluke. That wasn't
3: like a one off.
2: That's how he plays the game. Well, and
0: I didn't understand. I wasn't watching that game close enough. But that he his free throws were so off that the reason he didn't <sighs> take it was because they were going to hack him on purpose, yeah. knowing that he'd go to the free throw line and, <laughs> just, and just fucking wreck yeah. uh-huh. every single one of those. It just what a strange player.
2: It's very weird to be so enormously
0: I mean, talented, like still be an all star, yeah. but also like to see, like stat Twitter accounts are just. <laughs> dunking on you because it's impossible every stat is tremendous
2: well it, the the thing I, I was not following, I don't follow the Sixers despite being from the Philly yeah. area because I grew up you as a Philly that you spare yourself this one bit of pain oh yeah this is the one, this is the <laughs> one I get to not feel bad about I mean I, I, I gave up on baseball also at some point so it doesn't, but the Phillies are my team do you know what I mean, like I'm yeah. going to I still have that in me, it's just suppressed in a way that the Eagles are not um, but I've never been a Sixers fan, uh, uh, you know, rooted for individual Sixers players. I thought, you know, Allen Iverson was an incredible phenom. So I loved watching him play, but I wasn't a fan of, of the Sixers. Um, but, so the last time I really checked in was, uh, was when we're not checked in, but the last time the Sixers, like, obviously we talked about the, the, the trust, the process era, and I'd paid attention during that, but with, with Simmons specifically, he didn't like float up for me until the Guangdong, Tigers thing happened where he had gone so long without being willing to shoot a three-pointer and without making a three-pointer that when he finally did in this (laughs) fucking exhibition game against this Chinese team, the entire bench blew up in excitement. Uh, I was just like, that's where he's at at this point. <laughs> that was a couple of years of the ago, year? right? Fucking rookie of the year, Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. It was. It was not this. Yes, it yeah. was a bit
0: ago. I remember but, that
2: though. But I, and, I, and I remember being like, okay, cool. Like, okay, I've, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That I, like, I I had heard Ben Simmons' name again. I knew he'd won rookie of the year that year. But like, phew, I didn't. I did not know it was. It was as bad as all that. And then, so to come into the, this playoffs and and immediately be like. Oh, he's still that dude. He's still that dude who won't take a shot. Are you kidding me? How they get to the
3: playoffs? I didn't. I st- like. Yeah, I remember. For me, it was like, okay, he doesn't. He doesn't shoot threes. And right. increasingly, right. like to right. to make an NBA office work, offense work. Everyone has to at least like have some sort of credible. Like they will yeah. put up a three, so you don't want to leave them too open. And right. like the rap on him was like he wasn't doing that. I was like, okay, but like surely. You know that's you can work for as many talents as he has. You can work around that. Yes. The fact that he won't even like go for layups or like close field goals is a, I was astonished. I've never seen it. Mm-mm. Um, and I, I feel bad for him because it's like the narrative, like the narrative turned on him over the course of this series, <laughs> yeah. where like everyone finally saw what was actually happening there and was like, oh, this guy needs to be shot out of a cannon, um. And like, clearly, this is sort of a mental game issue, but also it's been building for years and it's just gotten worse. And so I do get like, people are like, he needs to get out of Philly. And it's like, where's he going to go? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. going to infuriate anyone that he works with if he's not taking the most open shots that a defensive player can get. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh. And he's expensive.
2: I have to imagine that, that price tag starts to come down, though, right? You don't. Think I don't is know that. It, it, there, is were, it possible? I think his
3: contract is kind of locked in, though. Like, ah, I think he's got like so three more. At that, yeah, I, I think he. I think he's got like. I don't a know. Big I don't know enough tech. about
0: basketball contracts to to know what the loopholes are on those.
2: Uh. <laughs> Anyway, fun, some yep. fun, some fun series in the last couple of weeks. Okay, let's do let's do a video game podcast. All right.
4: What's
0: good, internet? It is Tuesday, <laughs>
2: June twenty second, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode four hundred four. I'm your host Austin Walker, I'm joined by Patrick Klepek.
0: Just don't, kind of, just don't even edit it. Just no, like cold open happen. into that, yeah. and then yeah. just let Austin. train. Okay, good. That's <laughs> that's
2: <laughs> professionalism. What you just heard, Patrick Klepek, Ricardo Contreras, Rob Zachney here. Uh, we didn't even talk about the the true heartbreak on the NBA courts this past week. It's fine. We're gonna keep
4: moving. We're just not gonna pay <laughs> it. We're just mess. not gonna. It's Katie's we're just legs. not gonna talk
2: about the. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about. Yeah, Katie. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's feet. Katie wearing his big ass fucking. Foot. His <laughs> wearing a shoe size too big. Oh my god! What that is? You 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 knew about this, right? Matt? No.
0: Matt? Th- this is this is one of many uh, tidbits yeah. that came out after the Nets' loss that I. Uh, del- he is. Kd, come on the pod. You are
2: online. He's already got a podcast, doesn't he? I feel like Kd because he has poster sickness. Because he's like online in the way. I feel like we can have a convers.
4: We
0: could have a conversation with him. Yes. And And he is he is broken. He is one of my favorite players to watch. He is a a truly a delight in all senses of of the word. And. KD, come on the pod. You're, you're, he, you're listening he, somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, he wears a. I think he's a. He's a size 17, but he wears
0: a size 18. Why? Which is well, in, in part. The extra in, I think toe room. Well, part <sighs> of it came up because people are asking, uh, "Yo, your shoes keep kind of coming off or coming loose. Seems yeah. like a shoe size <laughs> issue. <Nope>. That <laughs> as as an all time great." To, you know, probably could have gotten remedied. And he's like, "Nah, like, it, it gives him wiggle room. And so he just deals deals with that that part of Does it. Does he need um, wide he, shoes and he doesn't know it? I I think he just likes, I think he likes <laughs> the
2: the feeling of, like, slippers on his feet. I don't know. I think, I I think know. he did yeah. use
0: that. And I yeah, think slippers yeah, yeah, yeah. was the analogy that he huh. used. And that's at some level, maybe because he is such a tremendously just big, weird energy oh, is always man. radiating off them. <laughs> yes, yes. Like some of those sort of ticks are a little more common in like a baseball player. And right. I feel like that is a like a little bit of I'm sure basketball players have them of, you know, only wearing X, Y, Z or doing X, Y, Z on a, for a big game or something. But it, I feel like Katie does it for
3: all the time. And if that's what he's telling us, what's oh, he not telling us? He not <laughs> well, tell us also, he's like he's physically singular. And like it's not just that he has a skill set that doesn't generally go with dudes with that build. So like yeah. maybe he's discovered like, hey, for a guy <laughs> like me, this feels right in a way like lacing up tight just does not does not work. Um, yeah. And yeah. as long as he can turn those corners and like stop on a dime <laughs> and like, uh, you know, pull up. Yeah, I mean who's to who's to argue?
4: Who's to, yeah, as, exactly. As
2: long
3: as the Slender Man can make his shots, Um yes. <laughs> uh, you know. I should
2: also just say briefly: like I'm happy for the Bucks. The Bucks, the, Milwaukee is a, is a small market, and I I know they've how been scrappy it for a couple of years now. Uh, yes, I'm, exactly. I'm happy. That's I'm happy spoken for my, like
3: someone who has not ever been adjacent to Wisconsin sports. Okay, but I don't get.
0: I don't have it. has
3: it. Okay, I, but that when I think I have lived Sport,
0: there for seven years. I right, but like, Chicago. were we sitting around, like, uh. aggravated at the
3: Bucks, uh all that often? I Bucks. think you're you're
0: having, like, you're having Packers spill over onto, yeah. onto the basketball Oh, no, it's career. not even
3: Packers, dude. Like, it is, Wisconsin sports are uh-huh. convinced, like, they are the best <laughs> fans in the world. Uh, well, I believe that. Okay, sure. I'm with um, you. Isn't
2: that fans? Jesus. What fans don't
3: believe that? No, 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 but it is, mm. but the thing is, they have so much to choose from. Like, mm. so it is this, like pan like the you know they're all on board the the you know they they stand the badgers uh they're they're all in on the brewers oh the, the brewers are incredible miller park just a just a sacred space uh you know the packers you of live course in the great team is-
2: <laughs> Rob you can't do this from Boston
3: because this is also everyone I've ever met from Boston uh. yeah they're both of not yeah but the thing is you would never say you know I feel happy for Boston fans. You know, no, I wouldn't the Celtics, I wouldn't. it's a small, you know, it's a small market team. Boston's so tiny. But Just a smallest tiny. little bean. It's <laughs> not, though. The
2: Milwaukee <laughs> is much smaller. When's the last time the what's the last time the Bucks Bucks had the championship when? 60s? I don't know. 70s? <laughs> sure, I believe that. The Celtics have been good in our lifetime. <laughs> like recently.
0: recently. Yeah, but they deserve
4: it. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: I'm uh, incredible. We're talking about Ben Simmons, not Bill Simmons. Please. Speaking of deserving it. Oh, my. Mm. (laughs) All right. Uh, How y'all doing? Besides properly alienated uh, three fourths of our audience. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
2: Listen, I'm supposed to be the elite elitist New Yorker. Over here, I'm so, the the market. I'm supposed to be like, uh oh, I love New York. I love the Yankees. I love bodegas. Nowhere else in the world is like this. That's what people <laughs> expect from me. I can't even bring out what 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 Rob this. Is. I mean, yeah. Look at this
0: great primary. People are psyched about
2: people politics love in New York. The Bears. Oh, oh love. my god,
4: dude! <laughs> what it sucks. Right. It's-
0: so. Are we recording?
4: What play after dark? There is,
0: there is, there's. Cato, log off. Like <laughs> I think out. we transitioned
3: to an after dark. We'll get back <laughs> to you in an hour.
0: <laughs> I,
2: you what was going on in the mayoral. Yeah, because there's a Voltron
3: here. situation, right? Like a shit Voltron.
0: <sighs> is there like a like a like a Biden there, play happening where like uh people are kind well, of going in the, the?
2: At this point, at, it's it's. It's it's happening in a couple of different places in a couple of different ways. I believe Catherine Garcia is now campaigning alongside Andrew Yang, which is what? weird. Uh, but, like, whatever. I don't go fuck about Catherine Garcia, so no. so whatever. I mean, the the thing the thing to know is that, like, the person who's probably going to win the Democratic primary. Mm, I guess we'll see. We'll see how much ranked, choicing, ra- ranked choice voting actually matters. But uh, Adams is the person who I think would win without ranked choice vo- voting. The cop. Uh, the cop, yes, yeah. the cop. The cop who did that video, did you see the video of him Like,
0: I saw teaching? people talking about the video. I, there's I mean, so there's much, multiple I know, different videos. I know too many people in New York right. that eventually I had to like tune down the mayoral discourse uh, <laughs> and just stopped clicking on you things. You muted okay. Slaybad so, uh, on Twitter. Right. So Adams,
2: Adam, there's two videos that people talk about with Adams. The first is the, is the one from years ago when he's teaching parents how to look through all their kid's shit to see if they have – contraband on them and it's like <laughs> oh you can run your own house uh, as if it's a uh, it's it's fucked up mm. man it's fucked up it's real bad um uh like go through their backpacks check inside of their stuffed animals you never know where a gun might oh be oh
3: my god it's really and bad if all else fails plant something
4: <laughs> <laughs> look they need a lecture you gotta scare them
2: straight so so then you have the kind of trio of sort of progressive candidates uh, and I say sort of because none of them really, none of, uh, each of that's them a part of the problem, right? It's been
0: hard for people to rally behind a singular, everyone is like flawed in a different <sighs> way. And so you have yeah. like a, um, at, uh, at
4: people kind of like point, flanking At this point,
2: I would say Maya Wiley is my number one, but that's not where I was two months ago, <laughs> three months ago. Yeah and she didn't get there by becoming better. She she got there because <laughs> my other number 1 fucked up bad and the, my number 2 was revealed to have uh so my my previous Isn't That the one who one,
0: fucked up the union thing. That was
2: Diane Morales, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh, who uh who basically said, "You know, I support real unions. Not mm. you know, this one has its issues. I'm not going to let my own people unionize. I'm not going to recognize their attempt to unionize my own staff." Um and also like that had already and Kato, I don't know if you, as someone who's also paying attention to the stuff, if this hit for you too. But that already, that fed into my my like lingering concerns with her anyway. That like she came out of like the boardroom more than the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, she she had gone through like a, a, a much more business focused uh, life in a way that
5: it's kind of a weird thing to skeptical. say, but like there was something too clean about the like way the message was being conveyed even where like you could yeah, you would get yeah. inklings of that sort of like different uh background. um, but then like once the union stuff broke, it was absolutely like, oh yeah, right. this is who you are. oh, here it is. here, here it you is. are yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: And like I'm not saying the stuff that she did previously was evil or anything like no that. Like, I think she but... was doing NPO stuff, you know what I mean like yeah. I don't I don't know enough about what those those roles were, but like I do know that she came out of being you know an executive director or whatever you know and that and at that point i'm like hmm, okay the second person who was in that kind of progressive trio of, of of folks was uh stringer uh uh scott stringer who had this like technocrat background because he's a uh, he, he used to be like the comptroller or is he even currently the comptroller uh mm, uh maybe but yeah. but unfortunately uh, we had a we we had a rely, a, a a we had a, a a sexual uh uh misconduct claim made about him uh last last month two months ago now I don't I don't yeah. recall uh when I was like well he ain't making the rank anymore <laughs> um, but but and at this point because it was April I just looked it up April was was when the sexual misconduct uh you know alle- uh, allegation came in uh, but it was about something that happened in 2001 I think he like, he basically i don't even know if he apologized i don't know if he even addressed it i think he just kind of let it hang um uh and then and then the third person here is Maya Wiley who is fine um you know yeah. does not come out of the the left necessarily but but does have you know i would i would i would put her in the progressive wing of the democratic party because right. of yes. her her work you know and 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 her work in in issues of structural racism and stuff like that but like You know, it is what it is, and so I'm probably going to rank Wiley first, and then we'll see what the rest of that that list looks like. But it sucks. It's like I want to be excited about ranked voting. I want to actually be like, and here's my number two, and here's my number three. And instead, it's like I'm oh, it's it's a a democratic primary. Still okay. I'm still choosing yeah exactly exactly just rank enough so that I don't
5: want you can't you don't rank yang somehow <laughs> like, exactly you
2: don't have to you don't have to rank no, you don't no. have to rank five you can choose not to rank everybody
5: there's was, more than five they were trying to get people to rank yang five as like part of his campaign no. which is fucking hilarious what? yeah it's just like oh just put him on there just in case just to just to stop Eric Adams from happening. Oh, just like the weirdest fucking uh, play. I don't want Yang either. No, no, exactly. This is what I'm saying. But like, anyway, they thought people who didn't want Eric Adams would not want Eric Adams enough to want to be like, okay, with Yang as to prefer Yang. No, (laughs) they're just different poisons.
2: Um, Anyway, that's the New York podcast, the New York politics minute. It ain't ain't good. Oh, but your Uh, point about
3: New York sports, though, I think the other thing that uh, your your period of grace is ending, though. The Knicks are starting to claw back to relevance. Yeah. And so while I think I still feel confident that we can rely on the Jets and Giants to just be like moot points, (laughs) uh, like just showing up week after week and just like sucking up airwaves in the New York area, um, I do feel like you might unfortunately have like New York tried many in sports again teams. in the near future. Yeah,
2: uh huh. How are the Mets doing? I don't follow baseball close enough. Mets okay these, these they, days. They
0: almost they almost swept the swept the Cubs the, in the past week. They're actually pretty good. The Mets are the hmm. Mets are good.
2: Okay, well then then yeah, I think if you if you're in a market that has like multiple decent teams in any one sport, you're you're in trouble. And both of the New York basketball teams made the playoffs this year, so I think that's that's not that's <laughs> trouble. That's People are gonna hate you. Uh, this is part. Of, this is part of why I floated after after being a a, a Bulls fan. It's like even after I moved to New York and like lived around New York, you know, with, during college and then moved here after college, it was like, am I gonna become a fucking New York sports fan? Like, is that I'm gonna just adopt? Try to adopt a team?
3: Ugh. No, it can't be done. Like, I can't ima- I cannot imagine having an emotional connection to the Giants. I can't do it. I
2: mean, <laughs> like, I'll never like the Giants. You have to be
3: born I mean, into yeah. it. You ha- I mean, people say that about to me about
0: the Bears. Was, you know, I frequent time in Wisconsin and it's not even like obnoxious Packers fans. It's mostly just people being like, that's a curse. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're if right. I move- I you wouldn't have picked, you don't pick, you know, the Bears. Like, you're just right, here. Right, right. We're all uh, to hold hands oh. and uh, double doink it. <laughs>
3: I am I am grateful for the Bears, though, because I feel like they prepared me for a lifetime of Democratic uh, politics. <laughs> Where, like, you had Jim McMahon, like, 30 years ago, saying that, like, at one point, uh, one of the McCaskies, like, told him, like, Jim, Jim McMahon used to be a Bears quarterback and was mm-hmm. like, hey, this team's going to hell. And, like, here's what you need to do to, like, remain competitive, right? Like, our window's closing. We need to get serious about this. And he sort of gives his pitch and uh I think I think this might have been um is it Ed McCaskey? Uh I don't I don't know. Yeah, he he says the thing you don't get is that these people will show up no matter what. Like teams good, team's bad, we make money either way. Uh so we don't really need to like put in that effort to to oh. field a good team. Uh the the loyalty of these fans is such that uh the business model is just being here and being the bears. Ah. And so McMahon was like, that's it. Like, get ready. Like, Chicago will only ever have good teams by accident because fundamentally the model is that where else are you going to go? Vote blue, uh, no matter who, baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this is vote,
0: or- vote or- orange and blue, especially if you want to move the stadium to the suburbs and are going to absolutely need some sort of taxpayer buy in. Uh, you think to
4: happen?
2: Can, uh, that's going to, I saw that they, I, they, I, I, yeah, for the, said uh, they're interested.
0: Yeah. They're, uh, There is a non-insignificant chance that the uh, Rob could fly out in five years to hang out with me, and we could. It's a it's a longish walk, but you could do it. Uh, It's not that bad to go. So normal walk to Rob. Yeah,
5: yeah. (laughs) You know what? I didn't. (laughs) didn't, How many squares away
0: would this uh, dog track be? I would tell so Rob, it's 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 re- it's not that far. It's kind of just down the way, and he'd be like, that's the perfect distance. That's <laughs> that is the the Rob distance. He'd put on his satchel and and we'd be out, be on our way. Um yeah, I think it's I mean, all those stadiums are trending in that direction, but uh like the finances in Illinois are in such dire straits that it, it's hard for me to imagine how they would ask for like five hundred million dollars from 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 taxpayers for it. Christ. So I just don't know. And the McCaskies who own the Bears and uh they're rich, but not that like not that kind of rich. They can't like the they can't self finance a stadium. They'd have to get money from the the league, and like and you the know, Bears are their
3: capital basically.
1: That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And it's so they want like what they should do is sell it to, to like a, a bigger rich person who could just make that happen. Um,
3: I just don't know how. What if instead uh-huh. of selling it to a bigger rich person, yep, <laughs> they sold it like if there were shares. But, like, public shares oh, for, shut the up. for the people. <laughs> Every time like, I have to
0: hear from some fucking Packers fan that says, I'm an owner. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I get you get the fancy paper. No, you're not. Anyway, let's. <laughs> okay, but what if you could be? <laughs> oh, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, of course. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I want the fancy paper. <laughs> That's my fancy paper. Um. Anyone playing anything? Anyone talk
2: about video games? <laughs> this is what happens: is we did E three uh. and now we're just gamed out, and we're like, oh,
3: we gotta talk about. We also, I had a really games. busy weekend of watching them sports. Yeah, there was so much good basketball. But I did That's play true. a game. What would you play? I started to play a game. Oh. I edited a review of a game by uh, Cameron. I see.
4: Yeah. Mm. And
3: then I was like, "This game sounds pretty good," and then I started getting rocked at it. So now, like <laughs> okay. after we after we record, I'm gonna have to go back and try to figure out like how To handle this whole thing, uh, so I started playing uh, Ro- rogue book, rogue book, which is the new game from Richard Garfield. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. so Artifact is gone, forget about Artifact, yeah, wipe dead. it from your mind. Uh huh. Oh, he made another game in between then he and did. now, he too. made
2: um, he made a, a, an actual uh, card game uh, for Forge. fantasy, right? It was a print of Keyforge, Key yeah, Keyforge, yeah.
3: yeah. Anyway, this is a uh. Stop me if you've heard it before. It is a roguelike deck builder. Hi, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick. However, <laughs> Patrick just so, fell asleep in his chair. Yeah, <laughs> y'all should read Cameron's review because Cam's really read up on this stuff. But Cam's pitch for this game, and and it does appear to work work this way, and it's pretty cool. Okay, so like Slay the Spy, i are all familiar with, and that's about like paring down your deck really ruthlessly to like. Yeah control probability so that your strategy just runs like a Swiss watch, right? It's just every every turn you are executing to your strategy and being able to respond to whatever the game is throwing at you. So like, yeah. you need just enough flexibility to survive a run and play the Spire and then just enough rigidity to always like be playing the combos you want and uh, and, and doing your strategy. Roguebook is basically a deck builder where your deck just keeps building like it is a process of accretion and so the thing that rogue book kind of solves is that there can be a point where um in slay the spire it almost feels like you're on autopilot Mm -hmm. uh where like a turn comes up And you've seen this exact array of cards like three Mm. times in this run before you know exactly what to do. Your job is basically just to, uh, you know, push the buttons and make the strategy spin. Because this is a game where most of the time you are just getting more cards for your deck. You end up with a lot of hands where you need to like stop and be like, shit, okay, what am I supposed to do here? now the trade-off is that's gonna slow down play it's definitely not like you're not gonna have that like weird almost like you know like slay the spires sometimes you feel like you're in a casino and you're just like hit me yes (laughs) yeah yeah got it
2: boom 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 yeah
3: this there there are so many times where like you are just like complete record scratch moment where like you got a bunch of enemies queuing up a monstrous series of attacks right and you have a boatload of cards in your hand that you're like there's not even a through line to them. There's not a logic. You just got to kind of figure out like, okay, how do I make this bag of random crap <laughs> responsive <laughs> to the thing that is happening? Mm. Um,
2: it's so interesting because in some ways, I, there's an interview or a, a, there's a promotional clip with with Richard Garfield talking about this, in which he he, he says that it is a fat deck design. Um, mm. Which is is to contrast it with what you normally do in these games, which is by the time you get to the mid game, you understand what type of deck you're building. You you start you start one of these games. If you've never played one of these games before, the way that a deck builder works, when we say deck builder, we're talking about this style of game where you start with some very basic cards, and through the course of play, you build a deck by gaining cards after victories or after you know each each encounter, and you start to piece together a thing normally you have a choice of like three cards after each win and you go like okay well let's take this poison card and then at that point going forward you're starting to think about okay i'm gonna build a poison deck i'm gonna think uh, things that give me poison or things that do bonus things when damage over time hits or whatever and by the time you get to the mid game you know what type of deck you have built and you have these like hangers on starting cards cards you got when you weren't sure yet that you were going to make a poison deck. You thought you were going to make a combo deck <laughs> or you thought you were going to make a, a, you know, whatever, a big single hit strong strike deck. And so you tend to start taking these options where instead of getting cards or instead of spending resources for new tools, you spend resources to get rid of cards and thin that deck back down so that it's way more consistent. So that you're not pulling the the, uh, the combo you know breaker card when what you really need is the apply poison card. Um, and so the pitch that Garfield makes is I wanted it to be that you always had a big hand of cards that just did weird shit and <laughs> that that was viable, that the game was built around that. Right. And that feeling, instead of it being, like you said, Rob, the kind of machine, building this machine, this, this the, just boom, 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 like just keeps hitting uh, as efficiently as
3: possible. And to be clear, I don't think like the machine is not a problem. There's a reason right. we all love Slay the Spire. Like yeah, that act yeah, of like yeah, fun. sculpting a deck is really rewarding and exciting and like seeing new ways to build decks. That's that's all to the good. But it also became such a strong model that there's a lot of games now that operate right. according to very similar logic. As well as there's a lot of um, rogue inspired games that also are inspired by a really tight like model of play where like your decisions have to be optimal and efficient yes. at every turn. Uh, Roguebook feels a little bit looser, a little, like, there's a little more space for creativity, but I will say, like, you know, based on just, like, an hour or so with the game, it's also pretty brutal, because Uh. the thing is, um, the metal layer, the the space in between the battles, is completely different from, Uh. uh, like, Slay the Spire. Uh, If you pull up screenshots of this game, what you will see is an overall map that's a hex grid. uh, It's very colorful, very bright. I would say this is a game that looks so much better in motion than in screenshots. I think in Mm. screenshots, the art style looks very generic, faintly blizzard inspired, um, lots of like bright primary colors, but it just looks something about it in a still frame looks kind of chintzy and uninspired to me. Yep. And I was like, oh yeah, is this
2: for Android or for iOS? When I saw these these (laughs) screenshots the first time,
3: right? Right. In motion much more charming uh Mm -hmm. it's it it looks good it sounds good but if you know like in the pictures the overall map with this 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 hex this hex grid map uh big parts of it are not filled in and that's because the conceit of this game is that you are literally trapped within a um a grimoire like book a rogue book if you will and you have to fill in the pages using your brush and you use the ink of the book against it to reveal more of the landscape. Uh Um, Your brush has five charges uh, when you enter uh, like a chapter and by default, it will reveal all hexes within two spaces of you. So like you'll fill Uh in an area around you. Uh Um, All the stuff you need is on this map. But you have to sort of build visible pathways to get there. And so there will be like towers that fill in a radius of three. If you can get to a tower, you will automatically fill in a radius of three around that tower. You also get different inks that will like create, uh, you know, a really the most common one you'll find is it will illuminate, it will, it will shade in three spaces in a line uh, in front of you. And so you can sort of like build a little spindle of revealed map go out there use your brush mm-hmm. and now you've just uncovered a huge swath of the map and that one cover things like places you can buy cards uh there's lots of little like um loot boxes all around the map where you pay 25 gold and you get a pick of three cards um there's a lot of random battles but instead of giving you cards most of them will give you uh like the special inks that you can use to explore more of the map and so there's this tension between you always know basically how to get to the exit of the chapter but you also know that guarding the gate is a boss so there's like right there are boss encounters on the map that you can see and then there's a bigger boss guarding the gate that like uh will allow you to move to the next chapter to me, the difficulty feels pretty spiky between those two. Like you have your mm. regular encounter, and those can break bad surprisingly uh, often, just because of some weird weird shit you'll encounter. You got your regular boss battles, and then you got your chapter boss, which is just going to be a real, uh, you know, a real check uh, against what you've done. So, on the one hand, you do know you need to go around this map and arm up. You need to get more items uh, for your heroes. You need to get more cards for them to just be able to unload uh, a lot of damage or bring up a lot of defense real quickly. Uh, Cause mm-hmm. your, your basic kit will not give you anywhere near what you need to handle these, uh, these elite encounters. But on the other hand, revealing more of that map and like exploring it and fighting these regular encounters, all of that drains your resources um, and so there's that, that, that sort of tension between like, do I keep, do I try to mount an expedition out to this like site tower in the hope that I'll find like piles of gold on the ground and some health charges and some new encounters that would give me uh, new stuff, or do I basically cut my losses here, go to the, go to the boss and see if I can get this done with what I've got while I've still got like pretty full health. Um, and I haven't sort of been whittled down by the exploration. So that's the other dynamic in all this uh, is that it's like there's a you you can always sort of short circuit the level and be like, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to take my deck. I'm going to go to the exit of the level and get out of here as quickly as possible. But you have a lot of reasons to stay and try to see more and do more. Um, and that will like allow you to build out your deck. But that deck will become more and more chaotic. Uh That's not to say there's not any sculpting, by the way. There are a lot of cards that have a dissolve effect. And so what that will do is um, it's like exhausting a card in Slay the Spire. It's not gone from the deck, but it will eliminate a card from the deck from the battle. So there is a bit of sculpting you can still do if you like emphasize like cards with dissolve effects where you can show up in a battle and be like depending on what you're seeing you can start dissolving the cards you you don't you don't want for this encounter cuz they don't really fit what you're facing. Interesting. Okay. Um so it still has a bit of that sculpting thing cuz that's fun, but it's not the entire game. Right. Uh And yeah, dude, like it is Yeah, I I
2: played a demo of it like six months ago it was like there could be something here i would i i couldn't see the design in this way um for me the thing that i remember thinking was how distinct it was from basically all the other deck builders i've played in the last two years like since slay the spire but even even along with slay the spire was like the early builds of um Grifflands at the time which now was out by the way and is, is like pretty good on switch mm. uh, I, I still prefer to play it on pc i still prefer mouse mouse keyboard for it but yeah uh but the the big difference between all of those games and this uh monster train does this too is those games are all node-based exploration where you're like all right do i want to go on the left path or the right path down this map um, even Griftlands, which gives you the sense of openness in a different way, which I'd I'd love to re- revisit it more deeply and have a larger conversation about it at some point. Uh, but even there, you're still basically going down um, uh, one of those node maps. It's just been pretty well hidden or pretty well modified to not be especially uh, uh, you know it, it, the 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 actual straightforwardness of it has been obfuscated, um, and so. To, to come to this where there's a big map and you're like going around uncovering tiles and finding surprises and building out just more and more uh, a broader and broader bag of tools feels more roguish to me uh to where maybe that earns that part of the name because in many ways the least roguelikey thing about the slay the spire model is the exploration like there isn't really exploration you're pulling encounters out of a hat um, you're not learning a space. You're not you're, – you don't have that sense of exploration really. Um, uh, and, and I think that abstraction works very well for Slay the Spire and, and for Griftlands and for Monster Train and all that. But I think the idea of like looking at a map and being like, okay, I'm going to go over there uh, or seeing what's around a corner, seeing what's revealed when you you uh, you know flip a bunch of tiles over is – much more like the the joy you get out of a roguelike um of a a traditional roguelike so i'm i'm glad to hear that and also it's interesting how that is also in many ways aligned with the quote-unquote fat deck like design where like it's 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 not maximalist necessarily i still think this game is like pretty from from the little bit i played of it months ago like that part of the game is not overwhelming it's not like it's a huge open world rpg or something like that right it's still a, a, a fairly constrained map compared to Baldur's gate or or something right it's not doing that to be clear um but there is still something in that idea of spreading out from that and that like three node map to here's a bunch of hexes you can explore Mm -hmm. that feels in line with that same core thesis of, of what the game should feel like which which is nice
5: it reminds me of um trials of fire Yes. Um, yes. Um, yeah. Although this I almost think, feels more exploratory because you're uncovering bits of the map that way. And do you yeah. have a marker? Because like in Trials of Fire you have that arrow. It's like your next objective is in this direction. So you can kind of Some like things behind. are illuminated. Uh,
3: sure. mm-hmm. that you you know where they are, the exit's always illuminated. Um but yeah, it's I, I would say like the difference is Trials of Fire to me feels much more like you were trying to manage an expedition and right. like husband your resources as you go from like point A to point B. Right. I think the emphasis, you're right. This is a little bit more about exploration from the standpoint of like just creating space to be explored, discovering what new areas there are to be explored. Mm-hmm. Whereas trials of fire, at least the last time I played it felt a little bit more of trying to figure out how you how you should get from point A to point B. Um, while picking right. up enough resources and not getting too depleted. It's, it's a, it's a subtle distinction. Um, maybe not even a real distinction at all. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. the, but to me, it feels a, a little bit more like the, um because, because you're limited by the number of charges on your brush and the inks you have like exploration, the game hard caps you, like you get to do right. X amount of, of exploration and then we're not going to let you do it anymore. Uh, whereas trials of fire, like you can always keep walking. Not a good idea, right. but you can keep <laughs> no. walking.
2: No. Yeah.
4: yeah. Right.
2: Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, if trials of fire ended up biting some of what this, this game would do to me, because I fell so hard into that uh, this year where like that openness, that sense of build and progression um, was, was hit so well for, yeah. for me by trials of fire. Like truly maybe my favorite game I played this year still in, in <laughs> if I'm being like fully honest with myself in that way. Um, I mean, it's still, it's only June. So what are you going to do? Uh, it's like it's that or Operation Tango or is there was there a big I I haven't played Ratchet yet. I'm just, is there like a big game I'm forgetting about that came out this year that I played Like Monster Nemo Hunter.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, I like A of Fire more than doesn't even. Yeah, for me, my
3: I'm still like my big games came out at the very end of last year before I could yeah, really process yeah. them. Like Suzerain's still really high on my like. Damn, that's one of the best games right. released in the last. And then um art of rally is just charming
2: near replicant is probably the big one but like mm. that's an old game remade but that's the one that's probably right. the one that right. i threw myself that like hit me like that the right way so um anyway yeah i'm gonna check out Roguebook. i haven't i haven't uh, i updated it while you were talking rob so <laughs> that's exciting um we should take a break and come back and talk about some other stuff we all played some other stuff so brb
1: the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
2: All right, we are back. Um, I have another game that is like a roguelike exploration thing, but I'm going to save that so that Patrick can talk on this <laughs> podcast until a little bit later. We should talk about Strangers in Paradise uh strangers in par- Stranger in Paradise. Stranger Stram of Paradise. 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 Stranger of Paradise. Paradise? Phantom yes, of, Paradise. of
0: Paradise. I don't look it up. We're just gonna have to Stranger
2: of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, Team Ninja. Uh, the, we played the demo. We all individually played that demo. Yeah. Yeah. Um that I was so low on that after seeing the trailer that like there was only room to go up, and it I came up on it a little bit. Yeah. I still <laughs> think all the stuff I didn't like about the trailer, the grayness. The, like, edgelord, enemy, like, enemy vibe. Like, all of the stuff around, like, I'm going to rip this thing open.
0: Everything that, that appears related to Namura it yeah. remains uh, stuff I don't seem to like. You know, again, games are a team, but a story about an angry man, the costumes, and, like, all all the sort of, I could take it or leave. You could all throw it out, come back with like, a completely new look. Yeah. And, uh, again, I think there's, like, nowhere just to go. It's so easy to up.
2: imagine a different look that, like, Takes not more seriously, but takes the, the leans charming instead of leans like yeah. grim that I would like more. Like imagine if this game looked like Final Fantasy IX in terms of its like retro aesthetic. It's not retro aesthetic, but it's like treating the traditional Final Fantasy you know enemy designs, locations with that style of of like paint. Which is I gravitas. think kind
0: of why this this like when this originally like the premise. Yes. You know, like a broad stroke kind of leaked out of like, oh, sounds like, you know, the team like the team behind Neo or Ninja Gaiden is gonna work with Square on a kind of action-y, Soulsy, like Final Fantasy one set games. Like, ooh, like that, all right, like that could go in some really mm-hmm. t- like interesting directions. And then seeing that Mimi trailer and the chaos bullshit and just everything about it was like, oh, Like there were like nine thousand paths in front of you, and you like took the like the most distasteful one. Um, So, like you, I was also in a place where there was nowhere to go uh, but up, and I I don't know that I came out of playing that demo going, "God damn, cannot wait for more Stranger." In Paradise, but was like ah, there's some interesting ideas here, and yeah. I, I would I, I would it's be curious than, to come back than
2: Neo, which means I probably won't
0: end up and probably won't be as long as off Neo, which is also one of the reasons that's I, you're right. Mm. Yeah, like truthfully, it, like I look at, I, you know, I played a decent chunk of the original Neo, liked it. I think then like a Polygon review came out, and was like this took me 85 hours to finish. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I enjoyed my time with Neo, and yeah. uh, that's I, and then when Neo two was, what if Neo? But just like more of it. I'm like, oh, no. Like, Good for Neo. Good for Neo fans. But I Bad can't for be me. you. Yeah. Um, and oh, and I, so. Yeah, I really uh, liked when
2: I played a Neo 2. And yeah, and yeah. mostly found that I, like, you've seen me play Souls games. I just don't get particularly frustrated at deaths. And we talked about this at the time. Um, I, I think Kata was right to identify that one of the things is that it's attacking burns your own stamina. or is it diff- What is the thing that it does that souls doesn't do now i'm now i'm forgetting but something around stamina consumption yeah
4: sp- specifically exactly.
2: made me made me feel like i was getting in a hole when i was in when combat would break bad right um and and i was like well, what the fuck was i supposed to do there and that and that feeling is like not what i is not one that comes up with me in video games very often at all. So I was like, ah, I don't like being in this mode where I'm that frustrated. And like I, the when I play Bloodborne, a game that I'm you know have other issues with, uh, uh, I, I still don't get frustrated in that way. So I ended up bouncing off of it. I didn't get that frustration at all from this, even though I was getting my ass kicked by Garland at the end of that of that demo. God, uh, yeah. I also got my ass kicked voluntarily a number of times in that demo. There's that bit where you're supposed to go outside. Along, a, like the like, oh no, there's all these uh there's all these 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 enemies in front of you. There's too many of them to fight. Go around. Like, what if I just try to fight them? What if I just beat them anyway? <laughs> what, if I, what if I just um, block
0: all these fire attacks? What if I and just block all the fire watch attacks? It, exactly. Watch that. Watch them blow. Which is like that that is the, the right uh, uh, like the mechanic that I think is interesting and if if expanded on you know correctly could be, like, the, a unique... And I guess that is what I like about this Neo team is they try and... Can, they, they take this base idea and then find interesting mechanics to layer yeah. in it. You know, whether this this one in uh, this game will, you know, be interesting enough to, you know, hold up over the course of, you know, 20, 30 hours or, or whatever. I don't know. But for people who haven't played it, um, you know, basically, like, you can... You have a parry that is, uh, that is attached to your weapon. So if like an enemy attacks you, you can hit like the you know L one and like block, and then like you can just, like go in for an uh, like an easy attack. But then there's also this like what's it called like the soul soul, soul shield, shield right? And yeah, uh, that's attached yeah. to that's attached to circle, um, and that can have a, a couple of different uh, uses. Also, the soul circle it like builds up your MP over yeah.
5: time, right? Yeah, um, it makes your MP your max MP bigger. Yes. When you when and, already, and that
0: go and that also yeah. is uh, you lose chunks of your max MP as you're dying. So like this is yeah. kind of like critical if you're fighting like a like a boss fight, like yeah, Garland, really. um, which mm-hmm. we can get to because um, that's kind of where the the combat like kind of comes to a, uh, to a to a real point and forces you to really engage with all its all its mechanics. But anyway, like the 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 the, to, the first time this really comes into play is for example, you'll yeah you see like these traditional like fire enemies from the from, bombs, Final from Final uh, Fantasy, uh, yeah, yeah, and they're they're shooting these fireballs at you, and you can, like, block and just, like, do a little damage. You can run around and go attack them, and, like, they get bigger as you attack them, and then they can explode. Or you can just parry it with the soul shield and send it, uh, well, no, you you then you gain
4: the, bil- the fire yeah. ability.
0: You gain yes. their fire ability.
2: Certain can enemies send have that purple attacks, or attacks that right. show up in purple text. Yeah. And when that happens, if you block, if you do this you soul shield, you get it as a consumable like right and so you can, you can hold can on to that back. or yeah.
0: in this case you're supposed to basically fling it right back at the enemy because it causes them to explode and do uh aoe on like whatever is is around them and so you can get these fun chain effects of of like the satisfying parry send back that fire that blows up the one fire guy which blows up two other fire guys and then you can you know work your way down down the chamber like though those have knock-on effects for uh lots of different enemy types it seems like I don't know if every enemy is going to have a purple attack, but a lot of enemies are going to have purple attacks mm-hmm. where they're going to want to put you in situations where you are altering between these two different parry mechanics so that you have uh, different ways of doing a crowd control um, with, with enemies around you. And like I will say it is like very, the parry window on this game is like really satisfying, I think because it's pretty loose, um, you know, like I, you know. We can get to like the Garland fight specifically requires you to use the parry oh, yeah. to such an extent that if that window was, it's not Sekiro, right? Like it is, it is pretty broad yeah, it's in really which, broad. um, you still have to be within, uh, you know, whatever frames it's allowing. But it's 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 got a lot of wiggle room in a way that I found like satisfying. Like it 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 made it to so like you could have a fight start going wrong and like still like keep yourself in it um and for folks that maybe played a sekiro and like bounced i like, found it too taxing like i think that's like a totally valid way to respond to to that game's like uh like the windows it requires on 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 the parent like this game has like a broader like kind of version of that even if it's not as demanding moment to moment on on the parent yeah but though it I seems will like say with th- it's it's boss fights are probably are going to if it's going to trend yeah. in the direction of the boss fight here
2: well the thing is too i, I didn't feel necessary in the fights leading up to that fight no. No, I guess, like, the griffin that you fought was benefited by hitting that soul, the yeah. parry. But, I think, like, I think
0: that kind of, uh, like, knocked it out
2: for, uh, yeah. Kind of something. And so, I get, I get the, the, yeah. Really, what I'm saying is it would be the thing that's nice about Sekiro is you will not get anywhere in Sekiro. Without believing and learning, I need to learn how to fucking parry. I have to, I have to, even learn basic to parry. enemies. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here, it's like, you, you could have gotten through that whole demo and never used that parry. Yeah. I did and it then, in the
0: tutorial and was kind yeah. of like, I guess I'm all right. And then you get to the boss <laughs> and it's like, but what if you weren't? And what if actually there's the just, reason- there's no way to win that fight without, I, I no. can't
2: imagine. It's not true. Of course, there is a you could was, dodge and chip away, but boy. I was going to say,
5: that's what I did. <laughs> did you? Why? Did you- uh, it felt right i don't know because
0: i think you look. convinced yourself that these th- no no i reject <laughs> your hypothesis kato there
5: was there were like i was using the great sword and like it just felt like oh i know i can get one hit here when he does this attack two hits here when he does this attack and then i can dodge out of the way of the next one like it uh-huh. it, fe- it got i got into a rhythm with doing the like swipe dodge swipe swipe dodge swipe that felt actually very secro, like where mm-hmm. once you learn kind of certain patterns and like the tails on Garland are actually pretty long and like pretty specific yeah, yeah. to what he's gonna do and so like that's the, how I got through that was absolutely specifically the first the first half the second half is total bullshit that uh, I got lucky on but <laughs> the first half was was totally just like I had to learn what the tells were for specific things and dodge out of the way out of mm-hmm. all of those attacks because I did not remember that pairing was a, th- a thing. Apart from the the soul shield, which I would use sometimes to, when he would do that. He, he has like a fire attack that he does. Yeah, that was very blaze. easy. That's very easy to yeah. catch. Yeah.
2: Um. The the other half of that fight is that you have Lightbringer, which is a an ability that you have no matter what class you have. I guess all of those types of active abilities carry from class to class, but the Lightbringer you start with, and the, the game does not tutorialize you well enough on it. They, I almost feel like they shouldn't even tell it to you until you get to like some sort of mid-boss fight, mm-hmm. because where it is ne- the, where you learn it at the beginning of the game, it's like or the the demo, you're like, okay, I guess I can go into the super mode, but why would I do that? There's no
0: yeah, there's no like these basic ass trolls don't yeah. require the me being supercharged.
2: No, and so the Lightbringer, I mean, what it does is it spends one bar of MP, uh, and you it, you know, you end up with a bunch of bars of MP uh every time you use it because it one it prevents you from getting from your stamina bar being broken uh which means you won't get knocked down you won't get like stunned, stunned and then two it increases the amount of stamina damage you do to an enemy when you when you attack them so it's easy for you to overwhelm them knock them down and when you do that to them they just blow up into red crystals they just get the, you don't even have to stop and hit circle on them and that part is that, that part is remote. satisfying like every yes.
0: Like, when you would get into, a like, a fight, and I would use, like, a twirl attack, mm-hmm. and, like, chain together, like, a good combo, and you had, like, three enemies on the ground stun, and it's like, circle, 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 boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Like, those um, are those little bits where, like, okay, I can see the bones of... Of something if I, decent if, if here. I, if yeah. I, well, if, if I, you know, it is also true that, like, this team has done, like you know, alphas, betas, but however, everyone, I don't know how they were, like, characterizing this. They're calling it a demo. Like, what they really are just kind of, like, taking stock and feedback. Yeah. It, it is not what we've come to believe as, like, a betas and, and these demos, which is like, ah, like, here's a thing that comes when the game is more or less done. There aren't things to be changed. Um, like, it, you know, I don't know if the game's look is going to change all that dramatically, but uh-huh. I don't know. Who, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the next time we see it, the game has, you know, made some significant shifts in in how things uh flow but those two those two basic things the parry and the the comp the, the crystals imploding felt yeah, good yeah. and i was like all right there's there could be something here for them to build off
2: of um it's also worth noting another thing about lightbringer which i think answers a question that y'all had about me so i maxed out uh warrior and i maxed out where I, you know, got to the top, the top level of warrior, and I got to the top level of, I got into black mage. I didn't finish black mage, but I, I maxed mage and went into black mage. Black mage has flare. When you are in Lightbringer, because you can't get stunned, you're able to do those long casts yeah. without or being interrupted, even like or a That's what attack. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's that's the thing is like I you'd ask me like how did you fi- figure out a way to get flare off in that fight <laughs> and the answer is probably I was in Lightbringer mode and so that ch- took a huge chunk out of the the boss's health or, or his his stamina or whatever in that second form. So um, it was always
0: the case for me where when there was a when he does the flame hit, yeah. and you parry that, yeah. he is knocked to the ground for a yeah, half a second. He's on, well, he well, he's on his knees, and then that's when I would turn on that mode. Right, right, right. That would would give me the ability to, by the time I did that, I couldn't hit him, but it would would put me in that mode. Then I would parry, attack once, and to the point where, like, I was getting him into... Crystal mode I mean he has, right. he has two phases But I was like get, Getting through that In like nine seconds That first phase seconds. is nothing Yeah totally It, is, it was so, Oh man it is so satisfying yeah, And that's like the parry second thing every Yeah Right Parry every one of those attacks yeah. wh- Just I mean, fucking I, and I'm
2: then, owning this fucking
0: fight You have nothing on me <laughs> But then also I would just get wrecked 30 yes. seconds into phase yes. two And be like Damn Bro <laughs> You got nothing it. on me Like boom 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 Phase two Ice sword Whack And like oh Well let's do that first phase Because that felt great So let's just yeah. do that
5: one again um I just say, like the it's, the there's go ahead, Kata. I was gonna say it's just very funny you brought up that flare thing, because then I started trying that. Uh and I hit that flare a solid like six attempts before I okay. got my kill. But it was like I would hit it, he would have like, you know, the last eighth of his health or whatever, and just immediately owned me because I would be like I, I never got the hang of right. doing physical damage in mage and then like i would Mm -hmm. miss the next charge attack or like it was always like some weird i would i would do the panic like oh he's so low i have to get these hits in and then obviously get totally destroyed by a combo because i was not paying attention to what was happening
2: um i like the i like the skill tree stuff a lot i like how distinct you can you know, the way that magic works is it, 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 you're like sitting there charging up better versions of the attack, but for the same MP expenditure. Yeah. So you just do a quick fire blast, but like if you're able to hold it down until it's Faraga, you can do a big kind of more AoE version of it that does more damage. Um, uh, I remember clearing like four enemies with a single use of the water spell once, and yeah. I was like, oh, this class
5: rules. Did you, did you get Dragoon? I didn't get Dragoons, I didn't fuck with the spears really at all. I, I unlocked it and I actually, that's what I ended up maining was Dragoon and, uh, because the, the special ability for Dragoon is jump, jump, which is, you know, that classic, you get out of the way and then you fall down on, uh, on, on the enemy. Um, Mm -hmm. what's in, what's funny is that it has kind of two modes. There's one where it's like, you come up and you come down and you don't move very much, and it's like only a split second so it's like kind of like almost as if you, like as if you had not done a back, back step and then forward uh, yeah right sure sure uh, sure but that's, but if you have that's only, if you have 1 mp you can do that if you have 2 mp you can hold it and you will travel a far like a far oh, distance towards cool. whoever you're locked on um what's not fun is hitting jump Thinking I have two MP when I'm really just under the second MP. Yeah, but you know this game is quick, so I'm not. I I hadn't realized, I hadn't taken stock that the flare that I had oh. just used, like. Uh, but I saw an attack right. coming in. And I thought I can dodge this by using the longer version where I stay in the air for longer, and it'll be fine. And then I just I go up down. I'm and I'm right there the second that he comes in with the that grab attack that he does in the second phase with the hand, which is easy to dodge. It is it's otherwise super easy to dodge, but I try to like fucking stunt on him and get mm-hmm. completely owned. Get owned. Oh yeah. Uh, but so,
2: yeah, dead. I don't know. Better than I thought it would be. I don't I really don't like the look of many of the
0: places in it. And I don't I'll we'll so drab. I yeah genuinely feel like I'm playing like an uprezzed PS2 game at yeah. times. Like because and not because it's like technically incompetent. It's just something about the look is just it's just so featureless. Like it, yeah. it, it doesn't look like and anything. So when I say it feels like playing a PS2 game, it's it does feel like I'm just going to some generic castle yeah. in some you know random rooms, you know yeah. yeah 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 and and for you know I you know for Duncan on Nomura as much as as I do sometimes like like when you're gonna go like it's especially when you contrast it to. Like the art, like the the concept art that someone like Yoshitaka Amano has done for that series, how how like iconic that one game does look. I don't know if it needs to be pixel based. I just mean that there are there's such a broad range of aesthetics this game could have had, yeah. and it just settled on the one that is. Like, sure, does it feel maybe, I guess, thematically in line with the story of an angry man, which is a line Nomura has given out of, like, uh-huh. the story. Like, what I, we don't know what that means. <laughs> like, he said, like, the names will make sense later. Jack will, so, well, you know, it'll I mean, just, like, all the sort of things drive me. When I, like, when I've lost all the cutesy charm of the Kingdom Hearts and, yeah. I'm, and I'm, like, faced with, like, this version of Nomura, like, yeah. I, I realize why his work uh, often irritates me. Even though I adored what he did in the in the remake and he was a you know a, a, a creative principal of so like I you know you live by the Nomura die by the Nomura I, I suppose <laughs> um but in this case I feel like it missed the mark and I, I there's enough here combat wise that I would I would hope that there when we see it again there's like kind of an overhaul like top to bottom yeah. from 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 that regard because it's such a cool I like the idea of them revisiting those games from a different angle that isn't just we're remaking Final Fantasy one because I don't know how much sense that would ultimately make other than mm-hmm. doing the 2D remasters sort of things. But like this is cool, especially like I didn't play these games until, uh, you know, Final Fantasy six, basically. Right, um, right, right. You know, like and there's a lot of people they jumped on on the on the on the SNES. So I, I've never had a chance to go back to these worlds and I don't know that I actually want to play Final Fantasy one, but the idea of like playing in probably, that. You probably don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah. but I would like to pl- go play in that universe and like yeah, have a reason sure. to like read about the, the lore of that world and, and all that. So, um, that's, that's, I think it's an interesting use of older, like IP and franchises. Um, so I, I remain yeah. interested or at least think it's less of a disaster than I did when we saw the, because the, tra- the trailer made the combat look, objectively boring and uninteresting like yeah. every part of it looked bad yeah. and i i don't feel that way anymore so i'm curious to see it see it again and like people should uh-huh. check it out if you're into these styles of game there's enough different here combat wise to to yeah. make it you know worth spending an hour or two with yeah totally um i do want to shout out the
2: a game that feels honestly like the opposite of that totally which is what i set up before uh a I guess I would say that it's like a it's like a, a roguelike um it's not really a roguelike though. It's a it's an RPG with a lot of proc gen built throughout it. It's called Wildermyth, W-I-L-D-E-R-M-Y-T-H. I played this in Early Access about two years ago. I want to say twenty nine the end of twenty nineteen. Maybe it was even earlier than that, but I think it was twenty nineteen. And then I was like, this seems kind of cool. Let me let it hang and I'll come back to it. Um and uh it is a tactical rpg battles are kind of tactics based in which you are um fighting monsters d- doing your basic stuff uh but at at all points the actions you're doing are uh end up leading to these kind of opportunities to further define your characters and your your band of, of your kind of your party. Um, as you're pursuing the kind of main story goal that makes the game feel very much like yours, I guess like to to just like get very specific about it at the start of the game, you create three characters and those characters have um like some very fundamental traits where like okay there's a there's a class associated with them either they're a uh a hunter a warrior or a mystic um you're kind of basic you know fighter fighter mage rogue or slash ranger divide um but then they also have like a couple of a couple of adjectives describing what they're like so you might have a character who is like a um uh you know a poetic romantic or a character who is uh a greedy uh adventurer uh or whatever and that changes what they how they talk in these kind of comic book panel by panel cutscene type things that happen, um, and so you know you'll, your greedy person will be like on the lookout for for treasure all the time, um, and then you get to these branching moments where you're choosing like, okay, there is a sick weird creature that has a glowing blue orb somewhere inside of it do you reach in to take it and when you do or if you choose to do that you know roll some dice and if you succeed then you get something cool and if you fail something happens um and the game was kind of knits together a story that ends up really feeling like it's your own story because of all of these proc gen like elements um so like we started with also i I should say it plays it plays there is a multiplayer mode Mm. in which you can straight up say like okay you take one character i'll take another character uh your party starts with three i think it can grow up to much more than that i think we're at five now um i don't know if i can go to six but uh but you know we started with like three very basic characters um uh you know and 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 i'd say at the start the character who had the least clear you know vision for who they were was this uh kind of rangery character that we had named lara um who was just kind of boring Like we had our, our warrior who was kind of like uh dramatic leader type you know and she just wanted to make sure everything everyone was was taken care of and everyone was safe and we had this kind of bumbling but charming mage named drimless the game is a very fun random name generator Uh, and drimless was just kind of droopy but like also like mr magooing her way into cosmic relevance uh which is very fun the game is, is, is pretty well written all these proc gen events are like Basically, I, my understanding of the way this works is you'll have an event like you see a comet. Do you chase down where the comet landed? Um, and that stuff is pre-written, but the way your characters are responding to them are are also pre-written, but are tied to what their traits are. So, so when you see a character and you're a poetic romantic, you'll respond one way. But if you're a po- if you're a a, a greedy romantic, you'll resp your character will respond a different way, making all that stuff feel very very different uh the point is lara started at this kind of just like i guess she has a bow that's kind of all i know about her i don't (laughs) even remember what her starting like traits were but now we're like five hours into the game and half of her face is covered with strange a strange like magical stone because of one of the encounters we had Uh, this game has a very like i really didn't like the visual style of the characters at first as a very like Sunday morning, uh, uh cartoon vibe, or not mm. cartoon, a comic vibe, uh, like like the, the funny papers, um, but but as characters develop in their the armor that you equip on them changes. As like this character lost a leg in combat, um, and now just has like uh uh one. She had to go back to town to heal, and then and then when she came back, she had this kind of peg there to to walk around on. Between that and her like weird half stone magic face. And the fact that she's become increasingly a loner. We had a whole event with her where she was like, I think I'm going to leave the party. I, I found this I found this flyer for a different group of heroes. And we did this whole side event about going to meet that other group of heroes, learning that they're just a bunch of fucking bandits. Uh, and, and, and then you have like trying to fight them and kill them. And in that fight is where she lost the leg. It just didn't go well. Uh, and the mage had to kind of pull her out of the shit. It was like some really cool – individualized character stuff, which if you've seen me play XCOM, you know like this is <laughs> I already do a lot of this stuff in my own head when I play games like this. So to have a game that like does a lot of that by itself produces these story opportunities where two of your characters will just be like, Hey, uh one of the character one of the conversations my two characters had was my warrior said to this mage, like you always just kind of – stuff just keeps lining up for you. What is going on? Like we found that weird shrine. We found this. We found that. Why are you – are you like naturally lucky? And the mage was like, let's find out. I'm going to walk in a direction and I bet we find treasure. I bet that that's true. And Also, have like, you had okay, a
3: weirdly lucky like – Yes, this was true this?
2: about this character. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. That, that has to have been scripted because the mage character in this one story we're playing does seem – that does seem true. But then we get to this thing where we're like, okay, we're going to walk in, the, in a direction. I bet we find something. At that point, you know, a percentage shows up on the screen. There's like a 48% chance that you'll find something or whatever. But we end up going and there's just like a nice little side conversation and side adventure about whether this person is like somehow blessed from the stars or not. And how the other characters in the party react to, to being around someone like that. Um, and the game giving you that space for procedural characterization is really cool um you know i had people recommend me this game again years ago and i i kind of bounced off of it again because it was early access but also because it was just like i didn't i thought the creature design was cool but the character design just didn't do much for me but now i'm like all the way in i like, can't wait to get back to this campaign we got through the first like arc of the campaign we realize now that there are some evil gorgons coming to try to take some shit over and it's it's there's a big climactic fight at the end of that first arc and you know it's doing some really cool stuff um it seems like it's doing pretty well on steam so it's not like a game that i think no one's heard of but i also just haven't heard many people in our circles talk about it um uh again it's called Wilder Myth. also the abilities are just really cool it does it gets around something that i that i struggle with in in games. I'm I'm I have a lot of analysis paralysis where I want to make sure I'm making the ideal choice. Mm. When we stream XCOM, it's not such a big deal because I have to make a choice then and there and it's easy for me to be like, well, this is our sniper, this is our versus this is our our pistolero, you know, whatever version of the sniper. But in if I'm really playing a game like that, I end up like reading long guides about what ideal builds are, or what different builds are. And then I make a build based on which one of the many builds that are viable are the one that is the one that's interesting to me. In this game, you, yes, there are classes, but when you level up, it's like Slay the Spire, you get three chances of, you get three different options of new ability to give your mm-hmm. character. Um, and so you end up with this kind of like hodgepodge of like, oh, I wasn't going to make this person my like tank, uh, a tank style warrior. I was going to do a DPS style warrior, like very heavy on damage. But I got a move that says she automatically goes into Overwatch if she makes – if she moves twice in a row, which means she can rush to the front line and then like set up a shop as – as in Overwatch as a tank. Um, and, and like, okay, cool. That's not an ability I planned to give this character, but it came up as one of our options and it was so cool I, I had to take it. The magic in this game is really cool. The mage doesn't just do spells. I mean, eventually, our mage got her arm replaced with lightning, and so now she can shoot lightning out of her arm. Uh, but until then, that's not how magic works. Magic like pulls on the natural um, auras of things and the natural capabilities of things in the world. So uh, if you're in a room with like a torch, you can infuse yourself with the torch and then use the torches fire to do fire spells with uh around it which Mm. is cool or if you infuse yourself with a log you can turn it into a bunch of like splinter missiles um that system is really really cool uh but again you end up seeing like a thing will come up where it's like oh anyone who stands next to something that i've infused gets a bonus to hit and like that's not a thing i would have I would have picked from a list of a skill tree or something, but when it comes up like that, it's like okay, that's kind of in character for this person because of X, Y, Z reason. Let's pick that one. Um, and so I'm I'm having a really good time with it. Again, it's called Wilder Myth, uh, and people should people should definitely check it out. It's something that like we should find uh, an excuse to start a game, Rob, and stream because I think it would actually be extremely fun for a Tactical Tuesdays. Um, uh, I think that that would be a good a good way of like showing off how you get to own the character and get like different different story beats end up making you feel very close to the 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 characters that you have in a way that most tactical rpgs that's just like not the case so also there's like a cool strategy map layer where you're like trying to get resources to do some crafting and deciding whether or not to send your people back home to heal or keep them out near the front not not the front line because it's not it's not a game about war, but it sort of, but it sort of does do the front line thing. Anyway, you should check it out for sure, Rob. Um, uh, Kato, I think you'd actually really like this yeah. a lot
3: too. Yeah, so
2: this seems very, very up, up both. No, their I mean alleys. it's
3: been on my radar. Uh, I know that Sin Vega, who uh, does a lot of writing over it, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun, mm-hmm. and their whole brief is kind of like trying to find shit that's a little bit under the radar or a lot under the radar. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I know that they've been very high on it, and uh, it's been something that I've been keen to take a look at uh, especially because like tactical games with a good metal layer i love them but the metal layer is so hard to get right and (laughs) so if you do
2: this is a very simple metal layer too which which i think benefits it you know um you are building there there are ways to build defenses on the map uh to prevent enemy incursions and stuff like that uh but you're not the stuff that's happening at the meta layer that is the most fun is still tied to your characters, and right. that keeps a, a degree of investment that I think is really good. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll actually recommend – Sin did a, um, a review over a PC Gamer um, that is, is really, really good, uh, and I think sells, sells the game better than I could. So, go read uh, that review uh, over on PC Gamer. Myth, um what else do we got what else there's anything else we want to shout out i guess we did all those demos last weekend or last week on friday we streamed a bunch uh uh I'm trying to think now i'm like blanking on Unti- the uh, uh, yeah. Unsi-
0: inside is the game i still keep thinking about it was the last one we Uncited, played on, yeah, on the yeah the is yeah. very cool it's a very uh uh you know uh, you know a hyper light drifter uh ask uh action uh rpg that had looks beautiful plays really well has a ter- you know hey for all the uh, uh, compliments I was thrown at the stranger uh, of paradise. I'm going to not look that up. I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Parrying that like, unsighted mm. was like is better. Those parries it, it, feel it, great. It, it is. It, a parry is difficult to pull off in 2D games. Um, th- there's a reason more of that tends to happen in, in like 3D action games specifically. Um and the parry in uh, Unsighted uh, is just, uh, it feels, watching Austin discover a parry I didn't know what you could do against <laughs> a, a boss was so fucking cool. Um, you know, the short version, it's, it's a game about, uh, you're like a robot that wakes up in a lab. I don't know, humanity's fucked up or left and like the surface is a disaster and you need to, I don't know go figure out what's what's going what's going on um oh it, after a long war with the humans the few androids that remain in Arcadia are running out of anima the energy that gives all robots uh consciousness that's a little more dire than mm-hmm. the premise uh-huh. that i picked up that's on That's brutal yeah. uh so but that's also a, a cool as hell uh setup um and that demo is still available it's supposed to come out uh later this year on on PC and i think a switch as well um, but uh yeah that's 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 one of the cooler things that i have watching you play and having played myself and people should go and tag that before the, the demos. De- well, when this comes out 20 seconds, so you could still, whenever when this podcast comes out, you can still, you can still grab that before <laughs> some of those yeah. disappear. Cause that next fest ends on the, on the 22nd. Um, Did you also just keep thinking about Norco the other game you played?
2: Norco. Oh my God. Norco. Oh, I think I said this on media. I was like, this is going to be my favorite game of the year. It comes out whenever <laughs> yeah. that is, even if it's that seven years from now um norco uh people should just should go look it up i think that demo I, is, is next fest done today it'll be done the well, day this pot this, it, this comes, comes up, out it'll be it'll, it'll be that it it'll still be, be up
0: you're right yeah, yeah. you yeah. will still have an opportunity to grab the, the demos for those for those games. yes uh so yeah so so go check those out
2: norco um is a sort of like it's in the realm of something like kentucky Route Zero. Uh, it's a it's I'd say it feels more adventure gamey in the point and click sense. You're a, you know, you're you're in a room, you're clicking on things. Uh would be
0: actual puzzles in this game when it's maybe maybe, maybe in that demo. Uh um, yeah, or, yeah, or- yeah.
2: Well yeah, I mean we already hit the thing of like, well, what do we do here with this what do we do with oh, the yeah. we, statue we of the Virgin this- Mary, where her face has a USB slot
0: hidden uh-huh. behind behind it, for uh, instance? Which is more um, more puzzle than uh, you know, uh, KRZ had across yeah, this entire. Yeah, that's uh, just not run. what KRZ was. Um,
2: this takes place in Norco, Louisiana, uh, a, a, a area outside of New Orleans that is tied to a bunch of like oil refineries, um, drawing on the developers' own time spent there. Uh, the opening of the game is just this incredible narration of this person leaving this place to go into the kind of post-apocalyptic, dystopic West of North America, um, getting, uh, getting involved in some wild, you know, dark cyberpunk shit. Uh, and, then, and then basically getting a call that's like, hey, you have to come home. Mom is sick. And by the time you get home, she's died. Um, and the, the game is you returning home for this first time. Um and, and feeling like something is wrong. I mean lots of things are wrong in this world. <laughs> Very clearly, lots of things broadly are wrong. Um, but you you come home to try to like find uh to reconnect with your brother who you'd left behind there. Uh he's not around as far as you can find him. Um and you're trying to piece together what's happened in your absence in this place that you kind of fled for emotional your own emotional health though you again threw yourself immediately at some other wild shit it's visually stunning there's all of these incredible like pixel art scenes but also this infusion of fmv throughout it um in really unique ways um that that produce and like very pixelated postcards stamp you know, small yeah. videos in that classic Sega CD way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That whole game has the yes. feel of a an abandoned uh or, or forgotten Sega CD FMV. Yes. Like right under right under Sewer Shark was Norco. <laughs> um yeah. in Jeff totally. Grossman's garage is a prototype of Norco that was just <laughs> never Finished. He um, exactly. Found it. He uploaded it to the Steam Next Fest, and we appreciate his archival <laughs> yeah. services. This is, I, I,
2: and I just think that it's written in a literary mode that is not particularly common in video games. Which I said, which I said during the stream, and 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 sometimes I think we can confuse that mode for quality in and of itself. The when when that stuff does show up, but I I was pretty hit by this voice. I'm just gonna read this second screenshot on the Norco thing to help, like sell this game. Um, And I've read this dialogue before during that, that stream. But So if you watch that, you've already heard it. But I think that this is like the setup of the game. So the years carried you through overlit suburbs of the vast American limbo across mountains above cell towers. Thumbing down 99, you saw an old man crouched in a roadside ditch. He was mouthing your name. He had a familiar gaze. He was gone when you wiped the sleep from your eyes. You spoke to Blake, learning of your mother's declining health, her insomnia, her erratic behavior you ignored the urgency in your brother's voice and like that's the game it is right mm-hmm. it's in that mode and there are like little funny bits like i'm not it's not a it, do, it it seems like it's taking itself seriously but like there was also a lot of like what the fuck is going on with this weird teddy bear um and <laughs> and so that 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 should be on your list is what i will say this is a game that seems immediately in conversation with a lot of a lot of touchstones and a lot of concerns and a lot of uh uh feelings that i think are waypoint adjacent um whether or not it will end up whether or not it actually will be my favorite game of the year that it comes out uh is is who knows um but but it it feels like a very particular vision of of a place um that comes from a that comes from familiarity with with that place and the concerns that that familiarity produces um so i I really enjoyed that demo people should check that out I didn't finish it. I like was like I'm done. I don't want. I played right. enough. Yeah, I don't, to know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, need I, to, I was I with need you. To I,
0: wait. I I watched what I watched, and I now the the patience. Um, yeah, begins. The Patience okay? Begins. I, uh, or what, what can you read with the... Yeah, it says it says uh, next
2: to release date, it says, hell is a place with Patience.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> which I think like, it, is both very funny and also extremely evocative of yeah. the game's uh, mood. Uh, yeah. Kato, I know you were uh, shouting something out before I uh, mentioned Norco.
5: Oh, no, I was just ta- uh, going to ask about uh, if, if either of you checked out the boss fight demo in uh, Unsighted no are there more are there there's, more bosses in there? there's one extra boss that's like supposed to be deeper in and they give you like a, a couple of weapons and are like this is what the combat will be like deeper into the game just so you get a taste of what mm. that's like
4: uh-huh.
5: um do you remember what did you finish that demo like finish finish after the fact no, no i, I, I i'm I, also I, wait at this point all right yeah <laughs> i especially because that game <laughs> is
0: coming this this year right, i was right. like soon, uh, right. I, I like i played that boss I, I got the ability yeah, to yeah, yeah. like scale up walls. It there's, was like holy shit! Like uh, there's this like is great. more. I'm, I'm good.
5: Yeah, there's like more to explore. But as far as like story bits, you're basically done except for one like fu- like out outro thing that happens. Okay. Um, which since so you didn't get there, I won't necessarily spoil. But there's um there's a um, a surprising. You know, you you remember how it was like? Oh wow, this parry works on this boss. That's uh-huh. cool. Uh. That's that's it seems like that is the gonna be the focus of bosses going forward. Is like you will need Mm. to parry in a way that like it is it it like I tried once to like just dodge a boss and it's like oh I cannot get a hit in. I'm not doing anything. I have to parry in order to find the opening here. And it also changed the boss's response. Like if I didn't parry, it would start throwing out like more AoE moves. Interesting. But if okay. I did keep I like parrying that. it, it was still doing its like it had a sword. Huh. And, uh it was really, really cool that it like really like if you could hit those parries, it really like um uh 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 geez, what's the word I just lost? Uh like stun lock them? No, 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 yeah, yeah. No, i uh I keep I'm stuck on celebrated but that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh gave you a thing, but that's good. Uh, I rewarded got, like, like, it Jesus rewarded Christ. You. It really rewarded yeah. you uh-huh. for hitting those parries. <laughs> I, I don't know why I could not get the word rewarded out of my mouth.
0: Um Ever want to watch a person's brain uh, <laughs> yeah, melt in real times? I've yep. been
3: there today. <laughs> so Every time it happens music. I'm like I hope this isn't the sign of something <laughs> neurologically wrong. I mean.
0: Yeah, I hope my brain isn't done. I yeah. hope my brain hasn't just decided I kind of just wanted to play out the premise of that game God. in real time. It's like he needs to go to the surface and I find, need to find more. Some more the, anima
1: yeah an, <laughs> anima
0: anime I need to find more anime on the surface yeah.
5: to... <laughs> uh, oh, also another thing that happens is when you beat that game is that you get a you have to put in your you you put in a name and then there's a leaderboard. Uh, oh, that's with speed that's run cool. times that the devs Ooh. put in, and one of them's like a minute or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? That um, sounds
0: about well. When we discovered,
5: but you, well, know, you could uh, sequence but, break the yeah. The we should I, I, we should at least
0: mention mention this uh, as a, a cool bit yeah. to go out on in this game, which is because it was it was neat. Was that the game opens in a lab, and that's also functions as the tutorial where you're going to find. Uh, like you're a sword that lets you like, you know, uh, attack these bushes that, you know, basic sort of shit that they're setting up for how the world is is structured and laid out. Um, and at the end of that is like, you find a desk and there's a password on it. And that password is, lets you uh, escape through an elevator and the chase sequence occurs and you're supposed to run over to that elevator. Well, Austin just happened to find the elevator and I was just going to mention him like, Oh, like, Hey. Keep it, you know, keep an eye on that. You know, you'll be back here. Like, remember the path to this <laughs> location. And I was like, well, hey, just go to the elevator. See if you can punch in that password. Because I know what it is off the top of my head because I had done that demo the night before. So, doo 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 puts in 1995. And uh, the elevator works. And what I presumed what was going to happen was that, like, Austin was going to be stressed that he had just missed out on, like, sweeping through an area. And he was going <laughs> to, right. Right. And he was going to immediately press the button and like let me go back down. Oh, that's cool that you could do that, but like let me go, let get me go whatever shit was down there, this right? Place. Yeah. And uh-huh. immediately there's an error that says like ah the elevator like doesn't doesn't function, which would have made <laughs> sense given what occurs, what is supposed to occur, you know, or you know would occur if you're following sort of like the the you know the breadcrumbs uh, laid by the developers of a giant robot down there and like rampages through, and you wouldn't want to go down there. Um, and so I was like, well. Are you fucked? Because that's, like, where the weapon is. And as far as I knew, it was where the weapon right. was, like a sword, a basic attack. And so Austin continued forth, meets a little robot pal that um, kind of becomes sort of your assistant uh, buddy. And then <laughs> that character's like, hey, I found this. Like, you want this? You want this axe, <laughs> and, and I was immediately then jealous because yes, I did want that axe, but I got the sword instead. Good. And you don't get the sword uh, or you don't get the axe if you if you run through the the sequence uh, normally. And so I thought that was a, you know, is that is that just only something in the demo? But maybe not. If the game is building in for speedrunners, you can also there's, imagine these are developers who are accounting for sequence breaks. Um, absolutely. There's a
5: there's a speedrun timer built in that you can turn off on and off in the de- in the in the options, and it feels given that they have that screen at the end with both of their times in there, it feels like they're absolutely building towards that, which is which is f- neat. I always love seeing those types of, like, uh, is this technically a Metroidvania-ish? Even though I it's a know. different I mean, perspective? Like, do those still count? <laughs> well, I don't know
0: that there's all that. I feel like uh, yeah, if you want to break down that genre more particularly, like, it's often areas blocked off because, I mean, I, you know, I guess you're getting different moves. I don't know, right. I felt more in line with a... Uh, more traditional kind of action game, sure. but I, I don't know what the structure of that game will end up.
5: Just like you the, know, like it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me of if the map and the way that the jump ability opened mm-hmm. things up by gaining the ability. Kind of, I thought maybe it would go. But that if way, you but leave, if you
0: leave that area and never come back, then yeah. I think that betrays right. one of the basic tenets True. of like that that like specific. Although I did definitely sub-genre. notice
5: in that in that lab. There's a bit where if you have the jump, there's an area you can't get to. Oh, so hmm. if if at some oh. point you can go back down, and right. that thing unclogs, then you can definitely jump up with that ability. So,
4: yeah.
2: Um. Cool. Uncited. Yeah. Seems yeah. good. Can't wait. Can't Sighted. wait for that to drop. Uh. All right. Let's take a quick dip in the question bucket before we wrap up. I'm also just gonna
0: I, like uh, during this podcast. I'm just like uh. Doing a lot of heavy breathing because apparently EA is going to announce a, a dead space revival uh, huh, next month. Know. And so sure. that's sure. Yeah, that's exciting. Hello. Well, that's we also me.
3: we also missed an, an astonishing uh, update from from EA last week. Uh, Electronic Arts announced Madden NFL 22 uh-huh. um, <laughs> featuring both Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's true. Uh. So, stop the presses. We're a week late on that. But, like, Patrick, Tom Brady and, and Patrick Mahomes, both in Madden. On <laughs> <Finally>. the cover. <laughs> Finally. The goat and the pretender. Which is which? This Is, a,
5: is this the <laughs> first time you've done two people on the cover of Madden, or has that happened before? Because I always feel like it's
3: uh, one, usually, right? I think... So, they started doing things where there's, like, different covers, right? So, like, mm. you, they, I, think, I think they started, like, playing some addition games. Sure. Um, <laughs> there was that time they were, like, they gave Brett Favre a valedictory uh, retirement cover, and then he came back. And they are like, <laughs> uh, do you want a picture of Brett Favre on the Jets? And everyone was like, no. And they were like, well, here you go.
4: <laughs>
2: uh, all right. Gaming at Vice.com is the address use the subject question um this one i i comes in from jen who says hello gamers hi i'm terrified of metroid dread not for any spooky reasons but because yeah. the last metroid game 2017's metroid samus returns a game i know a lot of people enjoyed but that i didn't like at all oh so severely bummed me uh, uh burned me that knowing uh at this point mythical metroid dread is being handled by the same team has me mortified I'm trying to keep an open mind about this project, but I can't shake the nagging feeling that one of my favorite franchises of all time might end up with its most anticipated title ever being for me a total clunker. Um, for context, if you need it, I've been a I do because I need oh, yeah. to,
0: I need to, I, I didn't play this, but I do know that like lots of people I trust and I love this genre like yes. really resonated with with that one, so I'm very curious to see how they how they bounced. For context, if you need it, I've been a Metroid fan since I played Fusion and Zero Mission on my
2: GBA, Mm
4: -hmm. played Prime
2: 1 and 3 to death, went back to Super and even the original Metroid Metroid 2, once I grew a better appreciation for older game design, found a lot to like in both. Samus Returns, however, really rubbed me the wrong way. The Melee, Parry... And free aim systems meant a lot. Uh, meant that a lot of the game was about running, stopping, waiting, shooting, or parrying, and then running again in sort of the, the sort of, instead of the sort of desperate scurry that Samus had in the earlier 2D games. I found the new Aeon powers they introduced were largely pointless. The art style of the game was bland and forgettable, despite being technically well rendered. The fan servicey bits felt a little too cloying, especially against all the changes they made to the original game. I could go on. I'm hopeful that Mercury Steam, being given an entirely original project, will give them the legroom to make something great, but the obvious continuity in game design, uh, uh, the trailer, and the demos for Dread show leave me with a bitter taste in my mouth. And just for the record, I know I'm being a little melodramatic. That's part of the fun. Uh, Has there ever been an entry in in a franchise that, when announced, fills you with that kind of existential dread? Uh, and when it came out, uh, did it rise above your your low expectations, or were you forced to watch in horror as one of your lifelong faves sank into the muck? Thanks and keep <laughs> them the good work.
0: Well, I, I I haven't played Dread, but I I do feel like maybe you should just be pivoting to Prime Four. I, I, I like <laughs> uh it do, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a radical departure, but that does I I can see where they're coming from. Like that, yeah, I, I can see yeah. where the the movement um. And kind of the flow of room to room, they are they are moving Metroid starting with that I, update and with this one in a direction that is going to de-emphasize those the parts that seem to, uh, to kind of feel likes, core, yeah, yeah, to, I, to to this person.
2: I have an answer for this that I think is probably somewhat
0: controversial, which is Skyrim. Mm. Um, All right, know, I remember being like. I don't think that's controversial now. I think it would have been controversial at the time. When I think like were, I yeah. think the the Morrowind like uh like you know, yes. see people irritated when Todd Howard saying like you know what uh, Starfield is Skyrim in space and a lot of people are going like but what about Morrowind in space like, I <laughs> yeah. feel like that's uh-huh. happened yeah. Love Maybe me. I'm overestimating it from my timeline. Yeah, I think you probably a lot of
2: Morrowind heads like Maybe me. I'm just like seeing Dia tweet I like, too much <laughs> yes, about Morrowind, <laughs> which there's like a really good chance. You know, Oblivion had already sanded down a lot of systems from from Morrowind. And I'd felt had made choices I understood, like for instance, it made it so that if your attack hit the enemy it would always do damage instead at least some damage instead of it rolling dice behind the scenes to see if it was a hit and how much damage would be done Um, i understand that change which partly comes with the graphical fidelity like there's a limit to how long you can make your open world 3d Uh, uh, you know, open world, real time action game, real time action game, and then still treat it like it's a (laughs) dungeon crawler, a tile-based, turn-based dungeon crawler. Right? I get it. Um. Uh. But, 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 Oblivion. uh, You know, again, Oblivion had had started this move towards simplification. Uh, there were certain there were certain systems uh, that were just like only in DLC, etc. And so then to go from that, where there's still things that to me are core to what Elder Scrolls is, like having this huge collection of, of skills and stats, choosing which ones you're specialized in, having like some semblance of uh, a starting class that that you know, it grows and changes as you play the game. But the, to wipe all of that away and just do like these big, like skill trees and that's it and the skill trees are all tied to perks and the perks are from the fallout game that's not even a thing that's like in, uh. in and it was just one of those things where i was like they're gonna sand this thing down to be as widely accessible not accessible because accessibility is a different thing but but they're going to, to make it uh approachable for a very wide audience by getting rid of a lot of the little things that i love to tinker with there's no spell crafting in in a, in in Skyrim, you know. Uh, I I loved going into the fucking school of mages and like cooking up a stupid spell that let me like fly across half the map in Morrowind, <laughs> or did some sort of ridiculous or enchant. I guess is it, ench- enchanting is still in is still in Skyrim at least. But again, in the lead up, it was like, how is this ever going to be? They're doing, they're getting rid of all the stuff, all of the 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 interesting like, weird edges on on this design and are instead making it a very straightforward action RPG, Eh, Skyrim's fine. So that's my my takeaway at the end of this was, yeah, my low expectations were met. I I have hundreds of hours, probably, in Skyrim across various platforms. It didn't ever give me the thing that Morrowind or Oblivion did. It never will again.
3: One could say. Like in the fullness of time, your misapprehensions were proven correct as like Bethesda just began, like Fallout 4 happened and then Fallout 76, where it's like the level of interest, even like their own legacy and their own style of games just began to diminish. And it's like, well, what do people like? Uh, They like crafting, right? Well, what if what if these games just become about crafting? No, not weird spells, Uh, you know, little hab trails for NPCs. Yep.
2: And I don't, and I like some of that stuff. I like the crafting. Like, in some ways, the way that crafting came back in Fallout Four was like, oh, this is a weird, janky system that's been set, that has been welded onto a side of a game. Now this is a Bethesda <laughs> game to, to me. Now,
3: that's Bethesda, <laughs> now me. that's
2: Bethesda. That's the stuff I like. <laughs> they they they've reached too far and are doing stupid shit. They should I'm, take another crack
3: at Terminator.
2: They should
0: take another crack at Terminator. Could i i only played that game like
3: people say they like that
0: most recent terminator game like i've seen yeah like folks saying like hey like don't you know don't put the bar too high but like it's pretty good sure Um, (laughs) sure i'm not i'm not and there's some next gen update that's coming out for it this this summer so it's been on my list of uh anyway yeah yeah um
2: Weird, Uh, weird. And y'all, either of you or any of you have a similar?
0: I've been, I've been been looking. I've been trying to, I mean. Disappointments? uh, threads, Your own? Well, I don't have like a, like a, like specifically similar experience of like seeing a thing, like feeling like it's like, it's coming at me. Like, all right. Like I'm already worried off the, you know, off the bat. I remember like, you know, Deus Ex, like the original is one of my favorite games of all time. Sure. It was very psyched. To see, Ooh. like, Invisible War, where, like, I the original Deus Ex comes out, I'm just a kid playing games on my computer, Invisible War is in development around the time where I'm starting to go to E3 and, like, went to, like, a meeting with, like, Harvey Smith to, like, see that game at, like, a private thing when I was, like, where I would show up to PR desks and they go, who, Huh? Like we accepted a meeting with you, I'm like, <laughs> right. yep, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, my dad's gonna go over there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this. Can you show <sighs> me your game? Um, and I remember seeing Invisible War and being very excited for it. And I, I don't know that a game is war. that that was that's that's high on my list of like profound yeah. disappointments. But I none of that registered prior to coming out. But I was also young enough that I don't know if I even had like if I was to see it now, like if the same thing played out, I'm 36 but i felt that trepidation i i don't know what the discourse was around invisible war cuz like it didn't exist in that way back then and i wasn't tapped into it but that i remember that finishing that game and being like uh-oh i don't think i liked any of that as i tried to convince myself of it during the course Ooh, of playing it
3: that's a rough one i think um i think generally like what what happens for me so I definitely identify with the, oh no, a series did a thing that was a little bit different and it was really popular, but I didn't like it, and now I feel like I'm damned to like experience yeah. this forever. Um so like that's but that but that is just that that's is just everything. getting old in games.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everything in the world. Yeah. That's welcome to the MCU for me, also.
3: Right. And and the other the other part of that is, you know, what you were describing Austin is an almost universal phenomenon where like when it comes time to think about, okay, well how, how do we expand it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is often sand away any points of friction that we like, that we know people had, but also with that goes a lot of the individuality that people like latched onto uh, with a game. And so that becomes a, a really common phenomenon. Uh, and it just happens again and again. I, I think for me um it's things getting resurrected and brought back like i've lost track of where system shock development is right now but to Mm. an extent i'm just like maybe system shock should just be in heaven now (laughs) like uh that last edition like it runs pretty well you can have a pretty authentic system shock experience uh those games uh like run well now on on modern hardware. I think mean, that uh, that update is coming soon ish, I think. That actually, thing is listed so. as
2: summer twenty twenty one. And
3: it, is, it is cold. Like yeah. <laughs> talk <laughs> about, hey the screenshots look really good, but when I played that demo in real time, I was like, I don't know that I'm feeling this. And and more th- more to the more of the point, I don't know what I don't know what the point of that is, increasingly. Like a lot of the system shock friction is still there. Mm-hmm. Um And so I'm like, I think I'd rather just go and kick it with with System Shock. Uh, But yeah, so I think that for me is is kind of uh, the thing that happens over time is you you see things you loved come around under new ownership. Like oh, Jagged Alliance. Mm -hmm. We talked about this the other week, but Jagged Alliance Two, all timer, great tactics game. Uh, You will find no shortage of people in the game space like who have that in their personal Hall of Fame, top Mm ten, like religious experience. Yeah, everything Jagged Alliance since then has basically been varying flavors of like hot garbage and (laughs) so every time there's a new like we're bringing Jagged Alliance back it never ends well and part of that is because the things that made Jagged Alliance 2 really compelling you can't do it feels like nobody feels they can do uh, they can't scope a game to be that way under modern like quality constraints. Um, and you're also not allowed to make a game that's nearly this fussy anymore unless you're like in the indie tactics space. Like, uh we're gonna give you 40 action points a turn and like everything consumes the little granular amounts of action points. And so every time it comes back, it's like watching a much lesser game wearing the skin of Jagged Alliance and like you you have that sort of revulsion of like Oh no, the necromancer has has done their foul work again. Um, and that's, that tends to be when I get this feeling of like, yeah, it's a brand that's brought back and I'm supposed to care about it because that brand did mean a lot to me, but it's not the same game. It's not the same team. There's, there's nothing here except an, an IP. Um, and yet, stupidly, on some level, I'm like, but I do like that IP. <laughs> maybe this time maybe this time they'll they'll bring the soul back when they when they reanimate the flash they won't <laughs> they won't they won't it's fine it's fine that they don't
2: and that's the, the larger thing like the the thing with the the skyrim example for me was like that was the last time i felt like that about a game because since then i've just my relationship with games has changed and to some degree the lesson i learned was like and it's fine it's fine it's fine if they don't make the games that i used to like um uh it's it's did it sting that Anthem was not the bio the Bioware game of of old? Like <laughs> yes, but also a lot of the people who made those games are gone. Like They're we all knew doing other things. We knew
0: we tried. We tried to. We, you know.
4: Th- yeah, we, but yeah, I, hard even, of I don't even mean.
2: I don't even mean it was a, would it be a good game or not. Right, because it could have been a good game and still made a lot of Bioware fans frustrated because sure. it wasn't doing what Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Baldur's Gate. You know, Jade Empire or Kotor were doing in terms of Hero Game, Neverwinter Nights games that like were about a certain type of play, um not being available. Anthem just isn't doing party-based stuff. It isn't doing you know character building in the same way. It never did any of that stuff. It wasn't interested in in that part of slowly unfolding a world and learning about it through interactions with side character. And the where, thing that, where, by, that by the time.
0: Where are we at in Jade Empire? Where's the where's the is is, is people like that game is it good? Is it I shuffled ever, under? I don't think, uh, I, I, don't does,
2: think I don't think it a strong
3: cult. I don't think.
2: Uh, yeah, I think there are people who have like vague fondness for it. I I liked that game when it came out and there were characters from it, you know, uh uh Death's Hand is a cool it was a cool like Vader-esque villain. Um uh I think that there's like some neat shit throughout that game. I don't know that hiring a bunch of Canadians to make a game about uh, – white Canadians to make a game about East Asian-infused fantasy stories is the play in sure. 2021. Um, uh, I, I don't think that that game – I played that game when it first came out and I don't think I left it feeling like it was like particularly egregious, but I was a baby. you know, I was 19 or 20 or something when that game came out probably. In that um, era –
3: I would have seen like the markers of cultural appropriation and been like, awesome. Right. This five. is the thing. It's like,
2: <laughs> I was, I, that game came out when I was at the height of my, it was 2005, 2005. So I was 20. That means I, I was, or about that. Uh, and, and, uh, I was at the height of my like Legend of the Five Rings, uh, uh, fandom. And I was eating up anything that was, that was like bathed in, that those touchstones and those in in, in the light of that of that sort of content uh so i was like i'm all the way here for it i really like this these characters i really love this little girl who's also also has an evil demon inside of her and that's cool you know or i guess it was a demon that had a i don't remember the exact detail with that with that character but i don't know that we'll get it again like i feel like i guess i could imagine there being some sort of a remaster yeah. at some point or
3: re-release. I feel like, like that
0: game will just keep keep getting pushed further back on the yeah.
4: timeline. There's just so I, many other things. Also, I just
3: don't – I don't know. Like Austin, you're you're saying like you enjoyed it, but I also can't – I never had a conversation with you where you've been like, you know you should dust off and check it out. Like, it's not that
2: good. It's yeah. not that good mechanically. To I don't think there's enough going on there that isn't the narrative, and the narrative is, is – has this touch of appropriation so heavily that it's hard to recommend. I wouldn't recommend it for the combat. The combat was interesting. It was an interesting experiment. Um because it was like an action, it was like their first attempt to doing a more direct action game. Uh i still had tons of RPG elements obviously, but like in terms of the way the combat worked, it was like a melee focused action RPG. Um and so coming f- from Kotor to that was like a big step. And then they obviously went from that to Mass Effect. Um
5: speaking of i don't of, know
2: which teams are working on what but yes
5: speaking of i'm probably the only person is, in the universe that feels this way but mass effect 1 better combat than mass effect 2 and 3
2: you're not the only person in the world
5: so <laughs> a lot of those people i feel like out, out there are they i feel like i've never no yeah, that's, that's, a strong some of these people,
3: people who are like the game is better i don't know very Ooh. few people who are like the yeah, combat the is better. better this is and what that i mean is because that is a really out there position kato
5: well the combat together with the like feeling of uh, assigning points over like more like um, a larger variety of types of things in one versus two where it was like the same few combat powers that kind of spread across in different variations
3: like I i will say this As they refined the combat in the later games, I did find it getting less interesting because it was like, yeah, wow, they're really converging on being a bog standard cover shooter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it was like, good on you, I guess. But I guess that's a perfect example of like that phenomenon that Austin was describing at the top where it's like, how do we make this just as appealing as possible? How do we (laughs) wrap this in a comforting and familiar package? And in the mid 2000s, it was you know, you're gonna fight these aliens. You're gonna get into cover, <laughs> and you're gonna stop and pop. <laughs> and as they got better at that, it still wasn't that great, right? And so I was like, like, guess I gotta clear another room yeah. uh, in order to get to the next conversation with, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just with like, Morton or, what or do something. You, I,
2: I'm curious, kind of, what class did you play in Mass Effect One? Uh, because there are classes God, that are just straight I up. Think? Okay, that's
5: surprising then, because. Well, I, I felt like I, I spent a lot more time in the paused menu selecting tactical, uh, tactical abilities from, abilities yeah. from yes. my it's... my my people and then me mm-hmm. at the end. And then like you would shoot a little bit, but also you could kind of pause and aim yourself and then keep shooting things like yeah, that. That, that were like, yes, overall, it was a much slower experience of the second two games, which leaned more actiony. And I just like really yeah. liked that. And also on top of that and it, it like the kind of fiddly like menu ability stuff like that seems to cover more things than just combat even like there was i i feel like they there was like a charm stat in uh one that It's the same stat and it's the same the does, the does two i feel like two took that out of so you putting abilities and ability points into it though like it still like that.
2: points it's just it's the it's the it's the um paragon or it's the paragon ver, or it's the spec. i don't oh god this is gonna kill me i used to know this exactly right um because there's an important change between two and three with that Um, maybe you're right. Maybe there is. I'm not Googling this yet. I'm like now just looking at it in my own head. (laughs) Um, But the important change between two and three was that in two, in order to get the high-level interrupts or, like, the high-level things, right. you needed to be dumping all the way into Paragon or all the way into Renegade. Right. That, well, like, but you that, needed... Se- and, and, and that was three, just, like,
5: a, a thing you would do through, con- through, through conversation, Through conversation. Right? Instead of, like, and, and yes, dropping totally. points and, like...
2: I think you're right that ME1 still had... That. I mean, Mass Effect 1 was also just... There was like a you had
5: to reach a certain threshold in Paragon to be able to put charm in charm points that's, in. Was that thing an me one? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct.
2: Yes. It un- it unlocked ranks, right? Um, uh, in charm or in intimidate. So you still had um, like
5: the choice to whether whether you wanted to dump it more points into that or like another ability or something right that little like yeah that, it was it wasn't that important but the fact that i could do i mean it is if you enough. wanted rex to live that that's true
2: <laughs> uh which i did if you wanted rex to live because of a reason that is fucked up <laughs> um
3: Wait, uh, the, right. anyway <laughs> the, the big change between living?
2: no 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 uh, killing him in that situation i'm saying that his, oh, yeah. his, his his he's right is the thing what I'm saying is, he is right that we yeah. should have figured out a way to beat Saren, despite him having a cure for the Genophage. I think that's open and closed. <laughs> I think we don't get to destroy the Genophage cure because someone we don't like developed it. That's all. Yeah. Um, sorry, but we just that's it's <laughs> that's open and shut for me. Yeah, uh, and then it's not uh. an option in that game. Mass Effect. The thing I was going to say about Mass Effect two to three is that in three, you just have a reputation that right. then grows regardless of what as long as you're doing big shit you're getting reputation points and so you can in, you get those good interrupts whether they're paragon or renegade instead of needing to like dump all the way in one and right. be like the perfect boy scout uh you can still you can still sometimes be like you know what now nah, fuck this guy <laughs> and that still contributes to your overall you know interrupt interrupt power or whatever uh, in any case, I do I do get what you're saying. I think 1 is also just more of an RPG in terms of right. uh, gear. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest change, I think, between Mass Effect 1 and 2. I mean, I guess the way the guns feel is probably the biggest change, yeah. to, to your point. Yeah, but the a fact very... that there are, like, <laughs> a thousand different sniper rifles in that game. A thousand There's, like, eight different types of assault rifle, and each of them goes from level 1 yeah. to level 11 they or whatever. The, the,
5: the they had stats. The weapons all had stats. stats. Yes,
2: totally. <laughs> I, the thing that I'll say is the thing I like about the Mass Effect 2 and 3 system is – the guns feel more distinct from model to model sure. yeah. than, than I thought they would going into that. Because I was very much the person who was like, but I liked all the different guns. But like feeling the two different pistols in, in Mass Effect 2 can feel very yeah. different totally. uh, despite – which, which was, I thought was like a, a good a good – and it's like not that I there. think
5: two was bad. I just liked one more. Yeah, I much mean, one I gotcha. was more for me. I guess. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. But again, like, where? What are we? Yeah. That in that impulse you had in many ways <laughs> presaged Anthem, right? right? Right. Um. That 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 grad the gravity of Anthem pulling pulling them forward. <laughs> anyway, geez, we went longer on this question than I thought it than I thought we would. Uh, so I'm just gonna read this next one from Caleb and Shelley. Hey, Waypoint, love the podcast. And here is one to dunk into the bucket. So a slight backstory to this question that has been debated intensely by my significant other and I. Allegedly, back during the time of Abraham Lincoln's assassination, his body was taken by train to his final resting spot. And he was guarded at all times, even late at night, by one person. Now imagine yourself as the guard and sole person guarding Lincoln's body in this train. Do you open his casket and touch his beard or corpse? Not to sway the debate with any of our talking points but I'm firmly in the camp of not touching the beard and corpse but she takes the opposite stance. Why, Why? was Why?
4: Okay. <laughs> How?
5: <laughs> Why? Is there more Here's a question, here's a question for context. How famous was the beard at the time? Like, how much of a big deal? I don't deal? care. I don't care. I don't <laughs> <Doesn't> care. <matter. laughs> I'm just curious. Let's, I let's already say, have my answer. Let's say famous beard. What's concept? the most
2: famous beard right now? What's the, most beard? Rob's. Rob's What's the most famous beard? It's not Rob's. Rob's is very good. What's the most famous beard or hair right now in the world? I don't know what it is. I don't know let's say. Uh,
3: James Harden's beard is probably the most famous beard. James Harden's beard is a great, great beard. That's a great beard.
2: It's a very, it's a very <laughs> limited... Uh, we are, we're always open this talking about the NBA. I feel like we're just doing our NBA shit right now. Yeah.
3: If, But the thing is, that's someone's body. Yeah. It and is. that's also someone's family member whose body it is. Yeah. And so I feel like I would feel a strong drive to not fuck with the body. <laughs> I <or> would not
5: <laughs> want to fuck with the body. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um, I
5: feel like. There's a certain, what I was trying to get at there was like, there was a, it feels like a certain amount of this was, is kind of couched in like, what if you went back in time and you know, and you, when you like, I, I, I can kind of see the through line of like being a person out of time thinking this is not going to do anything or be weird or something like that. That's but not the not question though. do you get from it? Or
3: I don't, way more <laughs> I don't up. know. I don't know. I got something that's like just way worse, but uh-huh. also cool. <laughs> I don't know like I don't know like here's the part that we know is true when Horatio Nelson was killed at the Battle of Trafalgar mm-hmm. um, remember that's like lower latitudes it's hot the body's yeah. not going to keep real well but he has to come uh-huh. home in line state so he's transported home in a giant barrel of I think sherry um, he is preserved basically uh, in huh. alcohol Mm-hmm. I don't know like Rob, where this is going. I don't you can just stop. The thing is, what do we know about sailors, British sailors in right. the 1800s? They're thirsty. <laughs> they love the booze.
4: Oh no. I hate And these. so the word
3: is <laughs> no, no, no. on the, the trip back the to word? England. Sailors <sighs> aboard the ship would help themselves to a drop of Nelson's blood by sticking little straws through the slats. This is worse. What? It's
4: getting worse. What? Out.
3: <laughs> and have a little sip. And it's I'd immortalized rather in a sea shanty, uh, a drop in Nelson's blood. And I don't like, here's the thing. I don't know if they actually did this or if this is just a story because like, he was, we do know he was transported home in, in uh, like alcohol.
2: Of, right. Sure. The
3: question sure. is, I don't know. Like, the story is sailors got thirsty and started like having a little nip of uh the, the alcohol on the trip home. But I don't know if that's just the shit story that like, you know, came after the fact where like Ugh. you know don't be fucked up is having a little sip of that like preserved right, sure. like Nelson yeah. uh-huh. uh booze. But Gross. at the same time, could have happened.
5: everyone's Hate just it. trying to take a sip of that cursed sarcophagus goo. I- <laughs> yeah. Uh huh.
2: I mean, this is the, the thing for me is, I just to uh-huh. elaborate, the like, the what do you get out of it thing? Is it that you get to say you did it? That yeah. you touched Abraham Lincoln? Yes, Lincoln's would you DNA? tell anyone? <laughs> you can't tell
3: anyone. No, yeah, the kind, of, no,
2: the kind of person that's doing that is. If you were, like,
3: if you were yeah. like,
2: I went back in time and had a, a really cool dinner, I'd be like, oh, that sounds sick. What was it like? Talk to me about what I saw a show. Okay, cool. Talk to me, what was that like? What did. Could you – was the dialect, like, understandable to you in a meaningful way? What was the – talk to – like, I touched a man's – a dead man's beard. Like, I don't care. No, That's a not weird a dead thing. man's well, but beard. No, you wouldn't
5: be yeah, Abraham
4: saying
0: Abraham Lincoln. fucking Lincoln. I don't give a like, fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck okay. if you touched anybody's yeah, you're, beard. Okay, Boston, you no, are so, so off
3: base. Somebody touches yes. the beard and fuck? then <laughs> pretends. You know, I met Abraham Lincoln. He let me touch his beard. If you went you you you, you back and talked to
2: Abraham
0: Lincoln, maybe I care. I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. Austin, no one is questioning whether you care. That's not- But what's like, impressive about it? Th- the kind mm. of person that's going to do that is going to tell you that they touched Abraham Lincoln's beer. They're not going to be my, like- What's
2: the effect they expect it to have on me?
0: Then they're not going to tell you. They're going to be like, I'm not telling Austin that shit because he's not into that. But who is who into I
5: it? explain yeah. to me the
2: taste. What Explain to me the
5: thing, the joy. Give me some I'm semblance. Not say, I think I, it's I, I'm a, just saying a proximity are a lot of people to... they would do it. Yeah, it's a proximity to a famous thing, right? Yeah, bullshit, stupid. Have You I watched <laughs> YouTube?
0: Uh, have I watched YouTube? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not a hard, yeah. uh, like Ugh. jump to like seeing a like, uh, you know. But like
2: the thing that you have to do is, it's not just proximity to a famous person. It's also what Rob said. It's a dead person who has a family. Right. You have to, you have to cross a misdeed it's to achieve. It's incredibly transgressive, this.
4: right? Right? Yeah. And by the yeah. way, what is what, what is more care, distinct?
2: Like- OK, here's the other thing. If you could be like, I went back in time and guarded Abraham Lincoln's body <laughs> right yeah. after it was. That's killed. all you got to do. What? <laughs> why is that not enough for you? Why <laughs> do you then also have to touch Stop his beard? To j- I don't I- want to do this. <laughs> I got to know. I got to know what the difference is. I got to know why it wasn't enough for you to be like the person who signed the Emancipation Proclamation. I defended his body. And also we can get into Lincoln. We don't listen. I'm not. I'm not a Lincoln stand. <laughs> we know this, but there wasn't enough for you to guard his body at night. You had to open his casket and take a little hair for yourself.
0: Nah, bad. Wait, take <laughs> the hair?
2: Badly done. You get some hair follicles on you if you're touching yeah. a dead person's well, beard. When you say
0: take the hair, that sounds like you're like putting it in your pocket and changing uh, the listen. The time why is that
2: different at that point? Why is oh that's too far? Suddenly you open the <laughs>
0: casket. That's a, that's allowed. But taking the hair, well, that's a step too far. That does feel. That does feel. Yeah, I can. No, I can see that being a line. For that's some. all I'm saying. Where is the line? Where is the line? I think the I think taking the hair is. I could see even even the the gross person who's touching the beard is also not going to take the hair. Whoa, whoa, Why? Whoa, Why hey. wouldn't they?
2: Why wouldn't they bring it back to prove it to me? So <laughs> okay,
3: actually, your cynicism the, knows that no person bounds. would definitely take the hair.
2: They're definitely
3: the thingy- taking yeah. hair. you fucking get
0: me. Of course they would
2: take the hair. sheer
3: number of times historically famous people have, yes. like, people have, like, cut, surfaced with, like, locks of their hair after they were gone, scraps of their clothing. Uh, this is, like, well-known thing. Definitely people are going to do The reason we shit.
2: joke about drinking the sarcophagus goop is because people fucking dug up the sarcophagus. <laughs> <Right>. They couldn't <laughs> leave it down there.
4: Yeah. Motherfuckers well, have to learn Rob,
2: how to leave well enough alone with dead people. Rob's story <laughs> it, it, proves He already the point. died. Let him be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I have strong feelings about this, I've discovered. Hmm. I did not know I had strong feelings about this. But apparently I do. What did Rob mean? asks Alex. Alec, rather, when he said don't give in to astonishment was cancelled at the end of the E3 podcast.
3: Well, uh, well, don't give in to Astonishment it was streaming, and uh, it was playing competitive game. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is the show. The, like, like we have not done that podcast. We have not yet, in a no. Minute. In a, it's yeah, true. It's been a while. It's true. However, all things are possible. Who knows? Who knows? It's At on some the list. point, very soon, we're going to be discussing what things exactly are possible, <laughs> and right. we will know. Um, but yeah uh
2: waypointplus.com is the address to go subscribe to waypointplus and perhaps one day soon listen to some listen to us talk about some waypoints of ours uh you can follow us twitter.com slash waypoint waypointadvice.com what's going on on the site this week any any we're just in that post E three haze but i'm sure something's going up
3: yeah, uh, Everyone I was doing. You should, be, be, less I I should checked, be less confident. I checked. I okay. checked our editorial calendar today, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's right. I got really tired." Uh, so stuff's gonna happen. There's gonna be good blogs. There's gonna be fun posts. Um, <laughs> but in I, terms I, of stuff I'm, I know to anticipate, I can. I can. I. I. I, I don't know if I'll finish it today. It will probably get finished tomorrow.
0: But I'm. Uh, I did a bunch of reporting on. Uh, I always wanted to write about the CRT pixels account oh, the yeah. Twitter account uh, yeah. that yeah. Uh, completely blew my mind the first time I saw it, you know, a year or whatever ago, basically, you know, the, the premise of the account is showing how art for games in the like eight, eight bit, 16 bit era were drawn in a specific way, knowing that they would go through you know, uh, a cathode ray tube uh, television. And thus, like, the the way they were specifically drawn was knowing that, like, it would change and add detail because of the way that technology worked. And so we mm-hmm. have ne- since then internalized, like, oh, like, what's actually great is the raw sprite work. And it is great, but it is not how you were meant to see them. And so um, the reason I finally got around to wanting to write about it was because uh square announced these pixel remasters uh that right. they're doing for final fantasy i believe one through six um we haven't seen a lot of them but uh and, and also it not coming to console is probably just a separate announcement down the line but like the moment you see square yeah. old jrpg touching the art and mobile immediately like gets a <laughs> lot of people rankled but there yeah. were there were folks like uh, uh Chris Kohler, you know, who had been at Wired and Kotaku and is now at I think at Digital Eclipse. Like, uh, fo- you know, uh Jeremy Parrish, who was at uh where is he at now? Uh, Limited Run Games. Yeah. Um, but you know, folks who spent a lot of time thinking about uh topics like this. Anyway, they were pointing out, oh, it does seem like Square is maybe trying to revisit this art and internalize. Square hasn't said this publicly, but what it appears they're they're trying to do is uh kind of square that circle a little bit and right. like, hey, we're gonna modify the art. To get closer to what would have been the intent of the artists if they knew they were designing this pixel art to be looked at cleanly on high definition screens and not through a CRT. So anyway, that's all to huh. set up uh me talking to a bunch of folks like about that and like pixel artists about what it means, you know. So a big feature about like that account to talk, you know, more broadly about um CRTs and sprites and, and pixels. So that, that should be up sometime, sometime awesome. later this week.
2: Cool. Uh huh. So, we'll also probably do some streams this week. Uh, nothing set in stone quite yet, but, but, you know, got the itch. We'll have schedules and stuff,
0: more. that stuff soon. Like, we've yeah. like ran so close to the sun to get this off the ground, then do E3. Like, the second half of June is a lot of exhaling, g- getting a project code internally <laughs> to, like, even do expenses related uh-huh. to, to Waypoint Plus. Uh, and, and we will, we will get into a place where, like, you'll be able to expect things, you know, more than putting out a tweet t- 10 minutes before it happens.
2: Sounds good to me. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker and follow Rob at... Rob Zachney. Yeah, there it is. Patrick. <laughs>
3: at Patrick Kluppek.
2: And Kato.
5: At A underscore Kato underscore appears.
2: As always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at Zone slash BOEN. We will be back later this week with oh, mm-hmm. Rob.
3: I just finished the outro, but then I have a, I, I have a question. It's for Fuck. people. It's for the it's for the audience.
2: That's the that's the outro. Okay, we're done. We said all the stuff we have to say. What's the okay. question?
3: So didn't get in on, on the pod, but this, this my thirst for tactics has been mighty, mm. and I started. I've heard Phoenix Point got a lot better since uh. its release. A lot of mm. updates have come out. Uh huh. I've started playing it and I find that many of my initial objections to it feel like they remain in effect. Mm -hmm. One can only gun down so many forms of stupid crab before like one begins to feel like this is not quite scratching the like cutthroat tactics itch you were hoping. I do like that it has a functional uh, metal layer. It has that, uh, you know, OG XCOM feel of like you have people racing everywhere. That's that's cool. I, I enjoy that. But the thing is. I now need to know from people who maybe put a little more time into this game: Is it worth continuing this journey in 2021, where Phoenix Point is at right now, uh, or is it giant enemy crabs all the way down? Uh, because if it's the latter, I would love to just be able to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to save myself the remaining 30 hours or so of this journey." Um, but. If someone has a case to make for, like, hey, Phoenix Point got really good, the Gollet Magic is back, I'm open to it. <laughs> I want to believe. You want to believe. You need, but you need to know. I need
2: to know. Yeah. Let Rob know at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Send us questions, gaming at vice.com. I heard that other, I heard that there was that 2D Souls, like, is getting an update that's supposed to make it like a a refresh and I can't remember which which one it was called oh I I think
0: I know which one you're talking about I saw like a recent era thread on it I was like but that looks kind of interesting uh yeah I think it's coming out it's coming out on switch like sometime this ah, year I think we're talking about the same one is it
2: death's gambit I want to say it's no is it is it death's
0: gambit I think it's death's gambit Uh I think that's the one I was thinking about let me look
2: this is now, we're really turning this into a classic. Mm. No, that's camped. not it. It's, it's not, it.
0: not the one I was thinking of. What's
2: the one? What's the one? I don't you know. know. Death Gambit is not the one I was thinking of either. Fuck, what's it called? I can't find it. I'm clicking on all the 2D Souls likes I can find on on <laughs> Steam and like r- r- scrolling down to more like this and it's not showing up in any of them.
5: It's not Titan Souls, right?
2: No, no. it's not Titan Souls. It's not Blasphemous because Blasphemous I know is good. I just haven't gotta, played it yet. We gotta stop. We'll, we'll come back up Thursday. <laughs> oh, I want to go on the record. Uh huh. We're gonna keep this podcast going. I want to go on <laughs> the record. <laughs> this Blue Box Studios bullshit it's is dying. not a Kojima Silent Hill thing. It's just not. That's my bet. What's
0: what's some what's people?
2: Some There's an article, article on the act, site.
0: Acted irresponsible. Yes. Inflaming. And, and yes. Yes, the people needed to be- a no, fucking... No, we're not going to unpack it. We're not going to do it. No.
2: No? Okay. No. Just stupid. There's a site. There's an article on the site. Galt wrote up the, the people who believe that okay. this indie studio is secretly making a Hideo Kojima game. People think a Hideo Kojima New Silent Hill game is hiding in plain sight. It's on the site. Go look it up. Mm. Waypoint.fice.com. Mm. Well, I just needed to get on the record. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll take the L, but...
3: It'd be no. cool if you were wrong. I would be delighted if you had to eat that.
2: Would love it. It'd be great. Don't think. I mean, I think it would be stupid. I actually think it would be really stupid because I think it would set a really bad precedent
3: (laughs) for what you think. This furthers the work the Snyder Cut began. Yes. Of like, in some (sighs) ways, yes,
2: or continued. Continued the Snyder Cut continued that work from the Mass Effect three ending from a lot of just fandom. Anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: end this podcast now. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Think how different this podcast would have been if I followed my instinct last night to have a waypoint after dark where we talked about basketball. Yeah, this would whole have been a tight would be podcast, different.
2: tight easy. We just wouldn't I was I might, hiding from a. I, I was might hiding be from sleeping a and hungover
3: though. That's the problem.
2: I ordered a sandwich like 20 minutes ago, so that should be here soon. I'm excited. Nice. You should have seen what I cooked this weekend. Oh, oh I wish I could have. I wish I could have, Rob. I really nailed it.
4: Nice. <laughs>
2: Alright. That's doing it. We're done. Fuck capitalism. Go home. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. I'm leaving.
1: the number one financial destination, (laughs) (laughs) yahoofinance.com.
4: They left.